I used to rob banks. <laughs> I thought you knew that. <laughs> no. Oh, I used to rob banks, yeah. by the way. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I thought you knew that. How do you rob a bank? That's what got complicated. Jail time? No, no jail time. No jail time? $10,000 fine. But they got some performance enhancers. Like, if the world understood what LeBron did, we have the same drug guy, if you will. I know exactly what he's doing. Call Please her. tell. Isn't Netflix to thank, though? Didn't Netflix single-handedly save comedy? You mentioned 100 million for Floyd. First off, he's never gotten 100 million for a flight. You They're, think it's I know it is. They're mm, claiming he was doing 100 million a fight, and I'm claiming for you, he in his whole career has made about 100 million. Kaboom! Island. Did you enjoy your time there? Well, <laughs> that's not a gotcha. I'm just genuinely curious. I, I, I would have gone. <laughs> not to be, not to be, not to be a stunt. <laughs> we ended right there. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Flagrant. And today we are joined by, I think. The greatest trash talker in fight sport history. Oh, wow. mm. Mm. I do believe that. We are joined by Chael Sonnen, wow. everybody. Hey. Up, Chael? I think talking trash is like a little bit, it almost belittles what you are doing because you have a master plan and then you executed it to perfection. I appreciate that. Unbelievable. It's really And I start doing a little research into this and it looks like you have this understanding of how to build a fight that is a little bit different than other people who have built fights brilliantly. I think there are people who build fights, right? Because whatever happened in their life, they developed this defense mechanism that made them a heel or a face. It just yep. is what it is, that's who they are. And you strike me as someone who kind of analyzed what a heel is, what a face is, and then worked out what you have to do to execute both of these things. Is that true? Yes. Yes, I call it the art of the bad guy. Okay, oh. when, when does this begin? This is a book. Yeah, yes. yeah. When does is, when is this yeah. begin? How Chapter old are one. you that you start realizing? Man, as, even as, as a kid, you know, I watched these fights with my dad, and, and Sugar Ray Leonard was real big back then. That was, that's my favorite fighter ever. Mm -hmm. But just to talk to you, you know, like an era. And then we came through the, uh, the Mike Tyson era, of course, and you read about the Muhammad Ali era. But it was just one of these things where my dad and I would sit around and we would talk about the fighters that we wanted to see. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't just the guy with the good cross or the, the, the powerful jab. It wasn't like that. It, it was a guy that could entertain. It was a guy that could tell a story that would, would bring us along a journey. Not, not just you had to be undefeated. And that was a real big thing in boxing. They didn't know how to make a star if they couldn't control the, the script. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was one of those really tough things. And Vince McMahon himself said that. Yeah, he yeah. said you cannot create a star if you can't control the outcome. And Vince was, was looking to even purchase the UFC at one point, and he, he passed on it for that very reason. But I remember that quote. I remember when Shane McMahon said that that's what his dad said. And I only share that with you because, you know, I just think there's a story there. I remember being in, in the third grade, and Mrs. Stafford tells our whole classroom to, to tell a story, you have to have five W's. Who, what, when, why, and where. <laughs> And a great promoter is just a great storyteller. A great fight is, it's nothing more than it has a great story. It never has to do with this guy's a champion or this guy's undefeated. No big fight has ever been based on that. It's a good story. And I just noticed that a lot of guys don't know the five W's when they tell a story. Okay, so every fight that you're going into, every fight that you want, you start pointing out the yes, five W's. That's right. Who, what, when, why, and where? And, and, and a really important one is why. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that's a real tough one. A lot of guys are fighting, you know, it used to be really important that you had a good fighter, I mean, your village or your tribe. I mean, they would come, they your women, steal your stuff, take your land. It used to be actually important to have somebody that could fight amongst you. And it becomes less important. I mean, what happens now if you lose a fight? A little prestige, a little money. So somebody throws a belt out there. 
So one day, about 100 years ago, some guy throws a belt out there and he sells a bunch of tickets to Madison Square Garden. Now they're fighting over this belt. Yeah. But you have to be fighting over something. It's the reason I give you that history lesson. It has to be for something. And sometimes these guys are fighting and there's no purpose on it. There's no contendership. There's no ranking. There's no ego. There's no pride. And they don't understand it's their job to tell the story. It's up and, to you to build the purpose. Yeah, and you have these, these guys in the fake tough guy business. I've never been around a bigger bunch of fake tough guys <laughs> than in an MMA locker room. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, when that microphone's going, oh, they're so tough, and they'll do this and that. And you, know, you get a guy like Dana White or Scott Cook goes in the back and tries to get a contract signed, and they won't do it. They got to talk about talking, meet with my managers, and I need more money. It's just it's one of these really bizarre things. Then you only get three fights a year, by the way. I mean, I've taken on three guys in one day. These punks want three fights in a year, and you can't get them to show up to it. It's a very bizarre time. And what are you fighting for? I think that that's the most important thing that you gotta tell the audience. And so many people, they don't wanna be booed. They're, they're a bunch of bad guys, largely. I mean, bad people go into cage fighting. You right, take your shirt off, you can beat a guy up in a steel cage for some money in the applause of a drunken audience. You're probably not a really good person to start with. <laughs> 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 I wanted to think that they're this educated, this smart guy, and I, I just never understood the concept, man. You're, you're a dirty, rotten cage fighter, just like me. Yeah. But one of us will admit it, and one of us won't. And they, you know, these guys can't take the hits, man. They can't take the booze. And the booze could be in so, the form of a, a tweet that comes out is against them. That would be a boo. They can't take it. Now, the ones that can take it. Make a lot of money. That's really mm. yeah. Now, when do you realize that that's where the money is? <sighs> Very early on. Like high school? Yes. Okay. Oh, wow. Additionally, yes. sorry, when did you realize you can take it? Because that's a rare thing. It's like a it gift, is. really. Yeah. It, well, and the world changed. You know, what you can take in the hallways at, at high school is a little bit, you know, when your hometown paper's writing, but once the internet comes out and people can take these shots, it's, it's a very different thing, yeah. yeah. How you want to manipulate that, how you want to manufacture it, and, the, and they all want, they, they can't take the booze. And it, it yeah. has just always surprised me that they pretend that this is a nice thing. Or guys say, I, I can't wait to fight you. You know, it's such an honor. Why would you beat somebody up that you have honor for? Why would you beat somebody up that you respect? <laughs> you know, it's just a really weird concept to try to tell the audience. You know, I just like him so much, I can't wait to take my fist and drive it into his head. I mean, I've heard people say that actual quote, then smile. And it's like, man, just turn this guy off. Let me just, let me find anybody else other than this. He's a boring guy. There was that Connor uh, Poirier fight. Sure. Where I think it was two, where Connor was really nice. And yep. he was like, and you know, I'm gonna donate to your, you know, what is it, YMCA, yep. and I'm gonna help you with the hot sauce and do these things. And it was like, there was part of you was like, okay, this is new and kind of novel for 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 Connor, but at the same time, it's like the stakes aren't that high for this fight. Right. And then three, of course, where he's going absolutely crazy. You know, your wife's in my DMs. Yep. Like, sure. Everybody, <laughs> that was yeah. a wild time, yeah. right? I agree with you. Yeah, he had some fun with it, but there, there was a reason to tune in. Yeah, I remember when he was doing that nice guy stuff, I'm going to donate. What do you think that was about? Well, I like it if he was doing it to be condescending. If he's doing it like, I've got so much money, I can even help you, then I'm mm. into the whole thing. But if you're doing it because, you know, you got put in the paper for getting caught, you know, beating up a girl and snorting coke, and so you're trying to repair your image, it's like, man, don't be a punk. Sometimes just be who you are. That's all yeah. that I'm, I'm suggesting. The audience is going to see through a fake. So if you're, you know, you want to be that nice guy, but the audience can tell you're acting, you're, you're beat. Okay, were you surprised when you tried to play up the heel and then the audience started to love the heel? Yes. So you were ready for the onslaught of criticism yes. and hate. 
and then for whatever fucking reason, yes, they love you. It, it did become a problem. It did become a problem where it was anti what I was doing. I, I went and did a show called The Ultimate Fighter in Brazil, but they wanted to kill me in Brazil at that mm. time. This was fantastic. Yeah, they really wanted me dead, though. I, I had a six-man armed security for everywhere I went. Yeah, we were bulletproof right. cars. Was this this was very the, real. The, the Nogueira. Yeah, it was after that. Yeah. <laughs> it was after That's that. so good. Yeah. It makes sense. Well, <laughs> kind of justified. Play this video. This... <laughs> This is my favorite piece of trash talk in fight sports. <laughs> this is it, there's nothing better. I was in Las Vegas when the Noguera brothers first touched down in America. There was a bus, that this is a true story. There was a bus that pulled up to a red light and little Nog tried to feed it a carrot <laughs> while big Nog was petting it. He thought it was a horse. This really happened. Do you believe me that that happened? <laughs> Not really. He tried to feed a bus a carrot. And now you're telling me that country has computers? I didn't know that. I did not know that. Do you remember when I said he fed the bus a carrot? Were you even listening? Is this thing on? Is this on? And then the other one was petting the bus saying, whoa, big fella. He thought it was a horse. And now you're telling me they have computers in Brazil? That's crazy to me. What was your question? <laughs> so it, it makes sense, right? It makes sense. Yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate you giving me homage to this stuff and telling me that you that, that you enjoyed it. I don't know that anybody Lifting has ever told me. Uh, no, I mean the whole thing was scripted. The whole thing was planned in my own mind. But that had never been done before. Like Ariel doesn't know how to respond. I mean that, that is very normal today. When that piece was done, that was done in Las Vegas. The executive director at the time tried to pull my license. When he found out that I did that in Nevada, he decided he had jurisdiction over that. He tried to pull my license, and I was in the room when he told Lorenzo Fertitta and Dana White, he said, kids are gonna look up to this guy, and this is not what I want kids to be like. I used no profanity, I made mm -hmm. no threats. I've never used a four-letter word. I've been called the greatest SHIT talker in all of sport, but I've never used profanity. This guy was gonna pull my license because he marked out for the gimmick so much. He thought I was such a bad guy and I was doing such bad things that I claimed this guy didn't know the difference between a horse and a bus and, and uh, you know, he's got kids and what can he think of that? Yeah, he tried to pull so my he license. He thought that was bad, but yeah. you guys getting in the ring and almost killing one that's another, right. that's not, that's fine. He's a government <laughs> official that oversees fist fighting in a steel cage. And, yes, <laughs> that's and he did pull, by the way, he didn't get my license because that would have required a hearing, but they did stop me from the opportunity. Wow. And I, I had a really hard time getting through to this guy because he, I mean, he just felt for it so much. I would come to his weigh-ins, I would come to, he'd be disgusted with me. Wow. Now, now, was there a little part of you when you saw him that pissed off? Yes. Did you go, oh, this fight's gonna 100%, be huge. 100%. No, I knew what I was trying to get, but th this was the part that was the problem, or you asked me sometimes when I when I was being a heel, but then they ended up cheering for me. Yeah. That what, when I wouldn't get the response that I was looking for, it would throw me off. I'd look around and go, what are you guys doing? Like, how far can I go? I don't, I don't know what else to do. Within my own code, you know, I had a code too. I wasn't gonna threaten a guy That's or very threaten important his family. To you. Code or, yes. is a heel. That's right. We, so I, what I think what that is the to, code of the heel? I think that you have to establish to the audience, if you're an anti-hero, what your code is, but then you must fiercely adhere to that code, whether you're right or wrong, whether it's within the rules or even within laws. If it's your code and you will back your own code. And my, my whole thing, I would say whatever I wanted about a guy, but no matter what, any guy, any weight class, and any night, I would show up. It would not matter how sick I was, I would leave that locker room on time every time. I have never missed a competition. I've been doing this since I was nine years old. 
But that was part of the code. If you said it, you got to go answer for it. If you got no to go to his hometown, part of the yeah, code. Yeah, no profanity. Part of the okay. code. Specific reason for that? No, I just didn't like it. I just, I, I just didn't think it was. Uh, I, I thought there wasn't a creativeness to it. I thought it I was like more creative beneath yeah, you, creative. A bad yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. When you're not. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but this is. But this calling is just someone a fucking asshole isn't as bad as saying he tried to feed a bus a cat. Yes, I would yeah. agree with that. Yeah, yes, yeah, 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 where, where one it is very more clear. If you said yeah. I petted a bus. Yeah. One is a very clear negativity, and the other one is bringing a negative energy without the negativity. You yeah. know, it gets a little bit more complex. Now, do you but, find out that people love humor so much that it doesn't matter how mean you are, as long as you make them laugh, they'll love you? That was a lot of truth. That yep. was a lot of truth, as long as they would have fun. And I did find out through the process that, that this is a journey. You know, I used to think you had to be undefeated. You had to be the world champion <laughs> and be the Olympic champion. But yeah. you don't if you can get people to come along. If for, if for whatever reason, that yeah. just changes the story and it shifts over here. And and so I would have those planned. I would have speeches planned in my head that I was going to say to Joe Rogan after I won. But I'd have pleaches that I, if I lost, too. I'd know mm. exactly what I was going to say. So, sorry, to whoa, Andrew's whoa. question. You, Wait, hold on, hold on. Okay. One second to that. So you planned a losing speech yep. for fights? Yeah, every time. Hmm. Even if you knew you were favorite, even if you knew you were gonna wax this guy, yep. you maybe fought him once before, you sparred him, you know you're gonna beat this guy, you still plan. Every time. Do you think that messes with you psychologically? Does it invite negativity into the fight where you're yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna lose? I've read about that. I've heard people say that, that mm. you have to have confidence, you must believe in it. I never had confidence any night. I, I never knew, but I, but I also thought that's only what bullies did. I thought only a bully's gonna fight a guy that he knows he can beat. I, I don't know if I can beat any of these guys. I thought that was part of the honor. Um, and I've heard people say that I was 100%, I knew, and I was like, man, I've never, in my life, I've never been 100%. Except for my wife, I knew that was the right girl for me, but that is truly the only thing in my life that I knew for sure. The rest of it was all a gamble. Yeah. Now, to Andrew's earlier quote, you planned all this out. Can you walk us through when you were like, oh, I can make more money being the heel than the face, and I have what it takes to get booed and be okay with it? I just knew that there's only there's only two characters, right? From the beginning of Hollywood, you've got yeah. a good guy and you've got a bad guy. Yeah. There, there isn't 500 flavors. There, there aren't 30 other ways that you could, you got a good guy and you got a bad guy. And so you gotta, you know, you gotta monitor what he's doing, and then you've gotta come over the top. And all the guys wanna be the good guy. I mean, I fought some really bad guys before and made them look like good guys, and they loved it. They couldn't believe it. Oh, this guy's being the jerk and it's not me. And, um, yeah, but one was authentic and one wasn't. I don't think that there was anything wrong. If you're gonna go fight a guy, why are you bowing to him? Why are you talking about this is about honor and respect? Why are you wearing your bathrobes and talking about your belts and pretending you can break bricks and stuff? I just thought it was weird. I don't know why these guys did this in martial arts. I think one of the great helps to our sport that never gets credit is actually Tank Abbott. Tank Abbott is one of the first people that came along and said, man, this isn't martial arts, and it's not. It's yeah. a cage, cage fight. Fighting. That's what yeah. it really is. Yeah. These are a cage fighters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought there was an honor in that. I thought there was honor in telling the truth. Is there anybody you saw or you've seen since do it at your level? Yeah, oh gosh. I mean, I love the work of McGregor. You want to know who's very good on the microphone and never got his credit was Rampage Jackson. Mm. No, Rampage is Rampage. hilarious. He was yeah. great though. Yeah. I mean, I remember being at living rooms and we'd be, and we would show each and turn it up and make the room go quiet after his fights, whether he won or whether he lost. We all wanted to hear what Rampage said. And I that's never happened to me before. Not even in Mike Tyson fights or Sugar Ray Leonard, nobody. Well, have I been in living rooms where we've should people so we can hear what this guy has to say, except for Rampage. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and why do you think? And even, I don't know. He was, you know, he was charismatic. He was funny. But he also had a story. He had yeah. somewhere he was going to go uh, with and it. absolutely no filter. That's right. Yeah. yeah. He could say something that would destroy his career. Yes. 
almost every time when he picked up the <laughs> yes, mic, he yeah. was capable of saying something that would destroy so him. He had the courage. He had the courage to say something, <laughs> to even if it might ruin his career. Yeah. yeah. But he was also a chess player. You know, so many guys, it's just about tonight only. And Rampage was like, no, tonight's going to leave me here. I always felt like that with Rampage, that when his fights ended, before we faded to black and rolled the credits, we knew what was coming next. And I always thought that was very smart. You were similar, I assume. I tried to do that. I tried to get that yeah. audience while they're here and you, you almost parlay see, them to what comes next. It, it almost feels now like um, that's part of the fight, right? The call out. Mm -hmm. You know, they're almost being like prompted afterwards. And who would you like to call out? And what's the call out next? Yep. That didn't happen back in the day. Nope. You won the fight. You thanked God. You thanked your trainers. You thanked your family. You can't wait to see your wife. You go on a vacation. It was over. The call out, which is brilliant because that's where the most eyeballs are on you. You get to set up the next fight. Yep. Who, who do you think, who starts the call out? Well, the call we was, give credit to that too. To whoever started, boy, that's a that's a good one, and I would love the answer. You know, if we did like a, a real history lesson, we could probably we could probably find that. But I always did think it was a miss within boxing. I mean, it's, it's very very boxing rare. Is the belts. I think sure. the thing that's so interesting about MMA is that you can find these like great fights, right? That there's so much intrigue mm -hmm. for that have no fucking belt. Mm -hmm. The belt is an illusion of curiosity for in sure. a lot of ways, right? And I think you actually kind of expose that. Fucking Nate exposed it. Anytime Nate fights, we're watching. Sure. They can fight anybody. Yep, I agree. And we're gonna watch. Yep. If it's the baddest motherfucker belt or not. If there's no belt. If he yep. just wants to fight in Stockton yep. outside of a grocery store, we're gonna watch. Yep. <laughs> so maybe the belt becomes this illusion, but you need, so here's my question. The heel is what you need to sell the fight. The person with the belt ends up making the money. They're the face, et cetera. But do they deserve more than the heel? <laughs> sure. If the heel is yeah. the one selling yeah. the fucking tickets. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Whoever gets the loudest reception, there's your answer. That's who you're starting. Whoever comes through How the curtain tonight that and gets the loudest roar, that's the star of the show. I mean, it's not overly complex. I've seen I've seen Dana White do that math in his head before. Been at a weigh-in and you know who he thinks his stars are, and somebody else comes through the curtain and the crowd goes crazy, and boom, that guy's getting the bonus. Uh, I mean, I've seen the, yeah. I mean, it's it's a very simple. It's a pretty obvious focus group when you have a live arena. Whoever's loudest, but. I mean, it is it is just one of those things. I've watched guys come from undercards ready to come in and main event spots just because of reception that they got at a press conference. Like in O'Malley. Yeah, where the mm. the UFC didn't know they were stars. That wasn't the guy. And the crowd's like, let, let, let us let you know. This is the guy. The people will decide. Boom, gotcha. And they'll, they'll move him right up because of that. I've seen other guys that are stars and undefeated in their high rankings. You know, you, you can't, you, nobody cheers. Nobody cheers when they come through and you gotta just find a place to stick them. I've been a little critical of the bullet uh, lately, and I, I do it, I really do do it as a way of trying to help the bullet. I've never met her, I think I'm being helpful to her, but Explain the crowd doesn't like her. who the bullet is the bullet to the people who don't know, is, which is the problem that you're talking about. She, she is quite possibly the, the greatest talent I've ever seen in unarmed combat. She is really? fantastic. Uh, her, her skills seem to be equal on the ground as to standing up. She can finish fights anywhere. She can deal with adversity. She can push the pace. She's actually weaponized pace, I mean, much like uh, Dan Gable did way back in 1972. She is flat impressive. She's also a co-main event. You can't make a dollar with the girl. Hmm. You can't put her against any opponent. She's fighting this weekend. I don't know who her opponent is, and I'm not attempting to be funny. I simply don't. You could give me multiple choice. I wouldn't know. <laughs> but that's her fault. You know, I watched her on Ariel yesterday, and she's sitting there. You know, they call it crisscross applesauce, and she's telling some story. She's trying to tell it like we're five-year-olds, and like she's the kindergarten teacher. Hmm. It's like, girl, strip your clothes off. You got tattoos. <laughs> ah. Supposedly, you speak seven languages. I'm not even sure you've mastered English, which you're speaking to us now. You're not over. Really, uh, impressive and you're a co-main event above everything else. What do I give a goddamn what you have to say or how many world championships you have? You can't even close out the night. You got a guy named Surreal gone who's one and one in his last two and he's walking out after you. 
There's a miss there. Mm. And I don't say that to put her down. She's wildly successful. But why she keeps trying to pretend that she's a sweet Sally homemaker when she's not. What should I, she be? What would you do with her? I think in real life she's a heel. I don't know her. I haven't met her personally, but I think she's a heel. I've seen her interviews. I've seen her come uh, to the aid and to the defense of some very unsavory characters. And like? I just thought to myself, you seem like a bad girl. When John Jones went down for every steroid in the world and street drugs and cocaine and he ran his car into some, she was the first to come and defend him, which was very sweet. She has the courage to come out and defend him. It was very sweet. But it also isn't what your kindergarten teacher that she'd like you to think that she is would do. Mm. And I look at her and go, you're a heel, just be yourself. Is there another reason why she might have defended Of course. What, what, what do you think? I don't what know, do you think? what do you think? And then, you, and then you got yeah. Holly Holm. I mean, you have such a great story. <laughs> if they had the courage to come dance, out and tell it. Right, but isn't that an interesting thing? <laughs> what yeah, is but it? this isn't, I'm yeah, not yeah. speaking out of school. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. divorces in place, there's breakups. I mean, all of these things can be Google. Yeah. You just have to connect the dots, and if you did connect the dots, you could make some money and sell some tickets, but they don't have the courage to connect the dots. They gotta just leave it lingering while so I'm out here on a meeting lingering. tour trying let's... to get somebody to watch a girl that's in a co-main event. You could make her money right now right if you now. just said what you were feeling. Right now. You think that there might be she a romance? She could sell out an arena to fight Holly Holm if they would just tell the story. And what's the story? Right? What's, what opinion? would the story be? Yeah. What would let's the story be? Make up make up up. Imaginary you got Holly over here, you got Valentina here, and you got John over here. Now, I'm not connected, but these are your three What would the story possibly be? Maybe John Jones was like in an intimate relationship perhaps with Holly Holm. That Holmes. could be very interesting. Well, we, let's just make it up, yeah, yeah. The, the, the bullet uh, Shevchenko came in and stole Do you John think? Jones from a, that, If that happened, So Holly would fight the bullet and Holly would want to get revenge on the girl that stole her man? That'd be crazy. And the bullet who lives over here got assigned to the March 4th card, which John Jones is headlining, and they're all at the same hotel oh. right now. Oh, no. Wow. It looks like the wrong fight is on oh, that co-main event. That... I don't know. I don't know. That's an incredible tale that you're. you're That'd be crazy yeah. if that happened. Yeah. And um, but imagine that that happened, and they came out and they told the world instead of hiding behind it. Imagine the interest that you could possibly have. One is the world champion who's won more world championships. The the other's not. Do you understand that? We have a world title fight that is not the main event on a card. Mm. We have a non-world title fight that's headlining the card. That's a problem for them. Yeah. For yeah. them, that's a problem that could be changed, yeah. but it would take courage yeah. to tell a story. Mm. Does it have anything to do with their genitals? I don't know. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I think you're talking about the, the, the men traditionally do better. I mean, we saw yeah. UFC, was it 200? Misha Tate and Amanda Nunes. So we have seen the woman yep. uh, go later before, but it is, it, it is a hard fact of a policy that a championship match closes out the You're night. You're saying that there needs to be a story. Gender. I, I agree with you. I, I, I don't even know what the story is but they're with breaking Cyril policy. John Jones. I just want you to understand that. She is such a bad draw that they are breaking po There is a Oh, because the belt policy. has to headline. The belt has to headline. Well, it is headlining. I think John Jones and Cyril are uh, fighting for the belt. But neither one of them is champion. That's the difference. Ah, uh, you're saying the champion yeah. always has to headline. Mm. Uh, uh, that is a policy that they have never broken. Uh, and yeah, she yeah. does such a bad job that they have to break their own policy because they can't walk her out so last. She, you want her to say, I stole your man. I want her to come and out and be And I want to knock you out afterwards. Yeah, I don't want her to come out and do this pretending she speaks seven languages. I don't want her to come out and pretend that she's trained in the military. I don't want her to come out and act, she, she's got a sister in the business. Her mother was a world champion. She grew up in a very rough household and she is an incredible 
uh, story, an, an incredible product of a very difficult upbringing. She is not a kindergarten teacher. She is not a nice girl. She yeah. has tattoos on her body. She gets in a cage and she tries to hurt other people that she was trained and designed to do. There's nothing wrong with telling that story, but when she tries to fool the audience, yeah. you have a comment. Do you consider being like a consultant for a league? Because it feels like you can sell a storyline in the way like um, Eric Bischoff, who did WWE. And, sure, I remember Eric. And, and you, yeah. Easy E. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like you could do a very similar thing. I don't. You're, I'm sure you're making a lot of money now. Your well, podcast is 12 times bigger than ours. But <laughs> very sweet of you. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I think you can make a lot of money doing that. I appreciate that, and I just think there's a story. To, and I and I have to say this, Andrew, because it's important to me. Because I didn't come here to give the bullet a hard time or to yeah. even out her dirty laundry. It's like I think that she's a really interesting gal. I had a dream, and I worked really hard. And I fell short. Yeah. I, I didn't get to as good as she was, or as talented, or as, or as many wins and as many gold belts. If I mean, she I, had dirty yeah. laundry, would Holly Holm clean it? <laughs> there'd be a Has that happened in the past? Like that would be a really incredible <laughs> reason for them to fight. It really would. I yeah, mean, you, yeah. you have two people that just can't mm. draw flies, <laughs> and and I don't say it to pick on her. I say it because there's a difference. If you're going to come out, you're going to do the the interview anyway. Yeah. One, you can sit crisscross applesauce and speak to the audience <laughs> like you're a four. <laughs> or the other one, you can come on to Ariel's show, talk about the world championship, the next girl you're going to beat up. And by the way, I'm going to stop by this guy's room in the meantime. Damn. His Whoa. legs, his Whoa. knees might be weak, but he walks in the main Ooh. event because of me the night before. There's a way Damn. to tell wow. a story. Damn, wow. And they're true. Just come out and tell the story. So yeah. what Damn. makes a better fight? Two heels or a heel in a face? Well, there's there's nothing more monetizable than a cool heel. Now, a cool heel is hard to come by. A Who's cool, a cool heel, heel? Uh, Stone Cold. Yeah, Stone Cold. Uh, the, Rock. the Rock. Mm. Uh, we're, we're cool heels. Uh. It's, if you throw me in there, that was very sweet of you. But Connor would go into that category, too. Connor didn't come out to get cheered. He came out to get booed, but then he kind of looked cool doing it, and he had the bow tie, and he had the accent and mm. you know he got a good little build on him and all of a sudden he wins world championships he's headlined Madison Square Garden I mean some of that stuff just happens yeah. Yeah. the other part you can manufacture I, I just suggest if you have a story to tell your story that, that would be my only advice if you have a story tell your story if you try to lie to the audience like Shevchenko you're going to end up a co-main event if you're happy in your career talk about the time that you won fights in a co-main event spot do it your way. So it's better to have two heels, but if they're cool heels, that's even better. I think it's just better to tell the story the way that it happened. Mm. If you got a reason to fight this person, tell what it is. If you have no, you don't don't even know who this person is and Dana White drew the name out of a hat and you got a phone call one day, tell that. If that story is the story, uh, then go out and, and tell that. Because huh, that's also being a heel. Yeah. I don't sure. know who this girl is. Yeah. Sure. Dana White put, picked a name out of a hat. I have no fucking clue who she is, but I'm going to get paid money yeah. to go there and beat her ass. Yeah, and it's low level. That's condescending. It's like the new boyfriend has to act like he doesn't know the old boyfriend's name, you know, it's not James Jack, <laughs> call him John. I mean, there's some stuff that's bigger than all of us, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I would just store for you, if you're telling a story and you have a really good one to tell it, tell it. I mean, I, I just gave you one on Shevchenko that, that you give guys us one. Give us one for John Jones and Cyril Gunn. Mm. Okay, well, you gotta understand, here's the problem. John Jones is like my arch nemesis, so I gotta look at this from a negative standpoint, but I'll come out and tell the story the way that it is. In the top 25 ranked heavyweights, there's only one who's never had a wrestling match. His name is Surreal Gone. Hmm. There's only one heavyweight in the top 25 that doesn't have a black belt in jujitsu. His name is Surreal Gone. Surreal Gone is one and one in his last two. He sucks. And the most conversation I've ever had with Surreal <laughs> Gone in my life. That's a small sample size, ain't it? Yeah. The most conversation I've ever had on this guy in my life is with John Anik, where we're arguing over the correct enunciation of the guy's last name, which happens to be gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I don't say that because I have heat with Surreal. I want to take away from what the glorious moment that John's about to have. I'm an evil person, and I want to get in front of that. <laughs> I will burn Surreal gone 
just to take away from John. Now John, meanwhile, doesn't have a license in this weight class, sat out after failing more drug tests than me, which is hard to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. and <laughs> stomach his ass for three years. Thumb up his ass for three years, all because <laughs> Dominic Reyes should have got the jump on him. And I'm like, these are the two guys for the world championship. John Jones goes from the youngest champion of all time to the oldest contender in the company's history. Come on. Do you mm. resent John a little bit because he's kind of a real life heel who gets to be kind of a face? Yes. And you are. Whoa. Uh, yeah, because I, yeah, I've heard I, yes. I knew when I walked in here, I resent him. I thought that that was jealousy and possibly even envy, but I like how you said it. That might be a better you are, psycho. And you're proud of the fact I don't yes. cuss. I you love your wife a lot. She dresses That's you. That's a hot woman. Have <laughs> you ever seen my wife, Miss Brittany? Yeah, oh, dude, this yeah, is yeah. face behavior. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. Be you, fit. <laughs> you are a real life face, but when the cameras are on, you go heel. And then John Jones is almost the opposite, and he gets the adulation. And I know you say booze are like cheers sure. for a heel, but it's still got to sting a little bit. Yes. That you're such a good guy and you don't get the cheers, you get the boost. There's some truth to that. I mean, I can't deny what you just said. Nobody's ever said it back to me, but that that, that sounds right. Yeah, you you said, spend your whole yeah. career trying to be hated and people just love you. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, you guys are being a little overly nice to me. I, I've got to tell you, but uh, I well, do want to at least admit talk. the story he to like it, the right? When I got to I mean, hear we from Dana, to hate on you in the beginning, yeah. and you just wouldn't do it. I called you fucking Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe you were going somewhere with that. This guy's the ultimate patriot. I'm like, I'm gonna call him Canadian. Yeah, I didn't know. I don't yeah. know where we were going with that, but I said, I got to hear from Dana White, right? I did an interview last night. I got to hear from Dana, why are you bearing my main event? It's like, well, let me tell you why I'm bearing your main event. It purely comes from envy. It comes yeah. from envy, my envy that I had for John. I tried yeah. to fight John. I couldn't beat John. John was better than me. And instead of having to admit that, I still got to be a man, so I got to come out and bury him. But nice. that's the real truth. The other yeah. side of it is, he's your youngest champion. He's now your oldest contender, and he's fighting a guy that's one and one in his last two. Oh, and by the way, Shevchenko, who's the queen of the sport, is a co-main event. I'm not saying anything that's not true. Mm. But there's a way to tell the truth and make it interesting. Okay, talk to me. Oh, I feel like I'm doing that now. I feel like I just laid the truth out for you, but I made it interesting. I feel like I did that. But what is the desire? Like, I feel like the desire to see John Jones fight has nothing to do with Cyril Gunn, right? Sure. It's like, does he still have it after mm. three years? Mm. Is he the Can greatest he of all time? Yeah. Can he move up and do it? But it has nothing to do with this fight, so you're, you're basically limiting yourself by 50% of the yeah. promotion. Yeah. There's no interest. Like, I don't need to see him beat Cyril Gunn. Sure. And... I don't, I'm not like in love with Cyril Gaon enough to see him beat John Jones. Sure. I don't even know if they've spoken at all in the, pro, in the promo for this fight. Sure. Have they had like a back to, like a, what I, is it? I don't, I don't know, not face off, but like if they, you know, on ESPN hopped on, talked yeah. some shit about one not another. Not that I've seen. Not that I've seen. It's tough. The, the, the single greatest storyline in heavyweight history was Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gaon, finding out that they were teammates, that the coach had to make a split, the manager made a split, they moved away. Those guys, and it was projected to do 1.2 million, just to share for you. It did just over 300,000. It, it was the biggest flop uh, of last year. And, and it was a stunning thing. to It flopped because those guys refused to tell a story. Neither one of them wanted to do media. They were focused and they were telling their whatever it was. We, we barely sell out the arena. Nobody watches on pay-per-view. And then Francis wants to turn the gun on the on the company and act like I'm going to walk away and go fight Tyson Fury. So what difference does it make if you do? Nobody's mm. tuning in to watch you fight. I don't know if Dana will ever have a better story for Francis than he had with Surreal. I just, those don't come along very often. Hmm. It, but he's supposed to turn it into a bigger fight? I mean, of course you, of course you let the guy walk. I I mean, I think the story with Francis is just being the most destructive human being on the planet. And I don't know how much more you need after that. Sure. You know, like even the early Tyson days, it's like this guy's going to just devour somebody. Yep. And I think that's what we started seeing with Francis. Yep. 
And uh, then his, they, his backstory is cool too. Oh, his backstory is great though. and it's sweet. But I hear what you're saying. It's like nobody wants the sweet backstory. Yeah. They want to see the blood boil a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. So how do you make the blood boil? Yeah, and, and we maybe, can say it's sweet and great. We can do those things to be nice. It did three hundred thousand on a projected one point two. Like we don't have to pretend to be nice to France. That, he, he sucks as a draw. That's the truth. Well, because he's, he's <laughs> and, a face. But sure. is that why they let him go? Yeah, I mean, at some point, what are you going to do? I'm if he's never going to have a bigger two, point than this. They're yeah. going to cut the fucking check. Yeah, absolutely. They cut it for Connor. Well, 100%. Oh. 100%. I mean, I'm just sharing for you. Like, we, we don't just sit back and be nice because we. Here, here's what your numbers are. Here is the opportunity you had with the single greatest storyline in history, and here's what your numbers were. Here's also how many times you went on ESPN, how many times you went on Roan Harris, how many times you sat down with Andrew. Yeah. There, there's ways to look at what you did to create that number, and he and Surreal took their ball and went home. Hmm. That's just the truth. I don't know why Surreal at one and one is getting put back in a main event when you can't count on him anyway. What are you going to do if Surreal becomes your champion? You already had that problem. You're going to stop selling tickets in the heavyweight division? Who would you put there? Well, it's why they're in a tough spot right now. I would have liked to have seen uh, Stipe. I don't think his time's done, but I know that clock's ticking. I know he's he's close to 40. I think he's he's over it, and I know that, that clock's ticking. I'd like to see Francis get back in there. That would be my prediction. What happens with Francis next? My prediction is that, that, that he comes back home. I think that Francis versus John is something really special. And other than that, I mean, the heavyweights got that, some work to do. why is that special? What's the storyline with Francis right? versus John? Francis being as big as he was. Francis barely making the limit. We don't have a lot of big guys in boxing either. Until the Klitschko's came along or now Tyson Fury. We yeah. really never had anybody that was a really big guy. Size was always a disadvantage. So uh, then you bring in a guy. Lennox was big. Lennox, Lennox was 6'5". was a big man. 6'6", six, six, something like that. For, for sure. I'm not saying it hasn't Foreman been done was before. massive. But I hear what you're Foreman saying. Foreman was like, very big. Ali was probably 212 pounds or yeah, something like that. 98, the night he won the heavyweight championship. Mike Tyson, you know, you talk about a reach advantage and a, and a size advantage. Mike Tyson oh, never had the longer arm and he never weighed more than a single opponent. Yeah. And I just think that's interesting because it's really not an advantage to have a longer arm. It's really not an advantage to weigh more. But we continually call it one. So I only bring that to you because it is something interesting about Francis. Okay, he's got this destruction. Okay, just on size alone, we know size matters. He hits something, he can destroy it. All of those slides. Then he takes on John Jones, who was a, a, a national collegiate wrestling champion. John Jones seems to be one takedown away from um, taking everything from over. Francis. But can he take him down? It's an interesting one piece because according to John, no. According to John himself, I'm not big enough. According to John, I will not get in there. I will not even try until I get to a certain weight, which took him three years to do. And I think I think just that denial and refusal to fight Francis until he got big enough that he was comfortable fighting Francis makes for a mystique of can he beat Francis. And you also have the pound for pound great, uh, would you call Francis the pound for pound? Uh, no, you, you, no, he was the best at heavyweight, but no, yeah. I don't think he was very uh, well. Okay, rounded. the most destructive person on the planet. There you go. Sure. Versus the greatest of all time in MMA. Sure. Everybody wants to see that. For potentially. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's good story there. Yeah. And you can, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if he wants it, but you could make John Jones a heel against, because there's no more bigger face than Francis. Sure. Because based on his story. Yep. So even the failure with the Cyril Gaon fight, as somebody who I'm admittedly a big novice of the UFC, I would say, isn't that on the heel to carry that fight? Because this guy's the face. Yeah. You be the heel if you're gone, now you got to fucking, now you're cooking. I love what you're saying. I don't, I don't disagree with any of that. And Francis is, you know, you, you guys comment that you know his story. Boy, it, that almost brings a tear to your eye. Mm, when yeah. you hear what he went through to get here, like that, that is such... A lovable story, and I don't know. I don't know why he didn't embrace telling that more. I don't. I don't know why he let that go. I don't know why he, you know. I feel like he shared it. Fran, for Francis to fight Tyson Fury is not a draw. Just like McGregor to fight oh, Mayweather is oh, not a draw. I gotta disagree. That's a draw. 
The sitting. That's crazy. Well, I'll tell yeah. you this way, though. And, and I, just, I disagree I, with me if I make this claim, though. McGregor did not get paid to fight Mayweather. The simultaneous two division UFC champion with Dana White in his corner got paid to fight Mayweather. I'm with you on that. Okay. I think Francis is more valuable to that Tyson fight if he is the, the current champ. heavyweight champ. Yeah. According to Way Tyson, Tyson said, I will box the UFC champion. Well, now he's got a guy that's not the champion. Yeah. Yeah, and, and if you the, ever want to see yeah. that get spoiled, Dana White grabs a microphone one time and says, Tyson, if you really want to do this, here's John Jones and I'll let you fight him. Dana says that one time, he Francis, well, and Francis, no one will ever say Francis's name again. And that's just the truth. Yeah, but Tyson's going to absolutely obliterate John. And John's not going to do it and Dana's right. not going to do it. I, I, I get the play there. I'm just sharing, you know, this was a, this was a very yeah, risky. There is value. I think we're undermining the value of the UFC and Francis's promotion, mm -hmm. especially since he might not be the greatest at promoting himself outside of the sport. Sure. Hmm, that's interesting. So the longer he's outside of the UFC, the, the more the stock kind of goes down. It would seem. And then the less interested Tyson is in the fight. It would seem. Oh, you guys are counting out Francis. Yeah. Like, I still think Francis has a chance against Tyson. To beat Tyson? Yeah. Four-ounce gloves is I, something I you guys have brought up. Chance. Okay, with the four-ounce yeah. gloves, maybe he connects. But you're talking about, I think, and I'm a boxing fan, yeah. I think there isn't a heavyweight in history that could beat Tyson Fury. I agree. Yeah. Sadly. It's crazy to say yeah. it, isn't it? It, it? And it's sad, too, because it takes a nostalgia way. But Mike, I grew up in the Mike Tyson era. But Mike is 5'10". He's no, not going to be Tyson. Like, I know. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like it's hard to even formulate the sentence where you go, Tyson Fury is the greatest heavyweight boxer in history. But I think he is. Yeah. But you just said uh, size and reach doesn't make a... Doesn't give you an advantage. At 6'9? Yeah, 6'9 versus 5'10. Like. Yeah. Oh, there, yeah, there's a tipping point for sure. But yeah. th but that's beautiful what you're saying. I mean, if, if more people thought that. It's also, from what I understand, Tyson's footwork is amazing. Like Shaq. Just for his size. At, at that dude. size, to have feet like that is yeah. crazy. I hear that similar life, about like, Tyson. Yeah. It's just hard. Sure. Yeah, I'm just. But anyway, I would watch it. I would, but yeah, we'd love to see UFC versus boxing because I think that we naturally have this like curiosity about who are the most destructive yeah. people. And boxing has this legacy, right? And a huge advantage within their own discipline. When the MMA guys come in and they fight the boxers, they often lose. All right, guys, we're gonna take a break for a second because uh, listen, I gotta make sure you maintain that beautiful mane on top of your head. Hair is very important, fellas. And for whatever reason, God decided that we should lose it as we get older. But you know what else God has decided? To allow us to create a medicine that keeps that beautiful hair on your head and keeps is exactly the people, the company that's going to bring it to you. Check out our good people at Keeps, okay? Keeps, you can get quality expert care without ever visiting a doctor's office or pharmacy. Easily subscribe to Keeps and get Refill reminders so you'll never run low on the products that you need to take care of your hair. All it is is a pill. I've been on this shit over 10 years. I'm telling you, look at all that. Look at all that I had to do to reveal. I had to do the reveal. I started with the hat, then I had to do the reveal. Point is, they got the treatment plans that are affordable, typically half the cost of pharmacy prices. Remember, prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to start, so act fast, okay? Get on it before you lose your hair. Maintain it for the rest of your life. So if you're ready to take action to prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash flagrant to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash flagrant to get your first month free. keeps.com slash flagrant. Now let's get back to the show. All right, guys, we're gonna take a break for a second. Uh, listen, I know a lot of you guys watching this podcast. You've got businesses. Maybe you're developing an online business. Maybe you're selling goods online. You're selling things online. And a lot of you might not know this, but this is the reality here. These are the facts. The number one cause 
of abandoned carts are shipping costs. Did you know that? Did you know that the shipping being too expensive is gonna get them to go, you know, I don't need to buy this right now, even though it's already loaded up in the cart. In a landscape where free and fast shipping is the norm, it can be hard for smaller e-commerce businesses to compete. Keep yourself competitive with ShipStation. ShipStation has got your back. When you use ShipStation, you can lower shipping costs, make returns easy, and keep your customers happy. And with all the time you save from automating your shipping tasks, you can keep your businesses growing all year long. I'm telling you, this is a no-brainer. Not only does it make it more organized, but it lowers those brutal costs that are gonna get people to tap out from buying your I mean, merchandise from buying whatever it is the thing that you're absolutely selling it has helped us immensely ShipStation makes it easy to grow your business by handling your orders from every marketplace on one dashboard okay ShipStation effortlessly integrates everywhere you sell online so you got Amazon Etsy eBay Shopify and more they organize it all bring it into one place and you can get up to 84% off US postal service and UPS rates and that's not enough use our promo to get ShipStation for free for two months. Think about that, okay? You keep growing your business all year long with ShipStation, and then use the promo code FLAGRANT today at ShipStation.com to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code FLAGRANT. Go do it, let's get back to the show. When the MMA guys come in and they fight the boxers, they often lose. Why do you think that is? You've done both. Do you think it's a distance thing? Do you think it's just not as much experience? It, it has surprised me how much the boxers lock up when they're uncomfortable. I mean, it, it, it has flat stunned me. Mike Tyson lost a fight, and it was the one that he lost to Holyfield, which yep. really shook the world. Yep. And Tyson, after the fight, you know, he fell apart, he broke mentally, but afterwards, when he was talking about why he fell apart and he broke mentally, he was talking about the headbutting. And he was yeah. being headbutted every time they clinch, and, yeah, and yeah. even it was a bump, but it was breaking him. And it just surprised me. I go, wait a minute, he hit you five times harder than he barely bumped you. He did more damage hitting you in the liver than he ever did brushing your head. This was a soft blow, but it was a blow that he wasn't supposed to do, mm. and that broke him. Mm. And, that, and I just remember that night, I remember where I was in college, and the night I remember where I was when I watched that fight, and I heard Mike Tyson say that, and it, it stuck with me to this day, and I've, I've had people take me out of my game doing the same thing. Mm. I fell apart in a fight one time with Anderson Silva, and he did a few things that were illegal, but, but one of them was he reached down and grabbed my shorts, and he held me in place. He grabbed my shorts and turned them, and he said, whoa, and I, I slipped out of the way. I didn't hit, but mentally, he just that's the third thing he's done. Mm. My shorts didn't hurt me. He didn't damage me at all. He didn't tire me out. He did nothing, but he wasn't supposed to do it. Mm. So I was not ready for it. I was not mentally ready for it. Does the referee not see what's happening? How could this be going on? And there was two or three of those, and you do start to... It starts to change you. Yeah. And that's, you're saying what happens to the MMA guys when they're fighting against boxers. Well, or the other way around, where yeah. the boxers who, who can take a lot bigger shot, but they don't take it. it. You know, if they get hit with an elbow, even if that elbow didn't hurt as much as the uppercut, the box, I've watched them fall apart. They yeah. get clinched, they fall apart. You're, weak in, they, yeah, you're weak in the spots you don't train yeah. and prepare yeah. for. But when yeah. they're fighting in boxing, like Jake really exposed it, I think, a lot of times, where it's like he was fighting guys who were strikers, who sure. had a lot of success striking MMA, and then he would be able to beat them up in a boxing ring. Yep. And but maybe it goes to the same thing. Maybe those MMA guys aren't used to getting hit with certain shots. Sure, it, it could be. I mean, I mean that would be an interesting thing, you know. And Jake just had power, and Jake was better. Yeah, you know, if anybody ever finds himself in a fight that's harder than they thought it was going to be, that's where upsets come. That's when a guy breaks. That's when a guy things unravel very quick mm. in any competition. If the competitions be as harder than you thought it was going to be, uh, it's very hard to, to fix it that night. Yeah, and yeah. I think that Jake did surprise a couple people. I think that you know Jake was a legitimate tough guy. Do you do you ever wonder why you got into this? 
Like you're a smart guy. Yeah, you could have done a lot of things. You could have done a lot of different what? things. You have opportunities. I appreciate like, that. No, this is what I wanted to do. Yeah, I, I was a wrestler. I wanted to be a wrestler, but that's, combat was, uh, I mean, at my house, me and my dad, like that's just, that's what we watched. That's what we talked about. So, okay, there's an interesting one. How much of this, I grew up watching boxing with my, with my pops, right? My, my dad used to actually cover boxing back in the day. So he would like go to Ali's camp and oh, shit wow. like that. Like really kind of cool, cool, great stories. And he really glorified and romanticized boxing. And I just loved it. And is he still around? He is, he is. Okay, he is. good, yeah, good yeah. for you. Yeah. And, uh, and then, so when I was in college, I was like, you know, let me train and, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll try to do this and I'll do like a smoker. And I realized in that moment, I'm like, I'm really doing this because I admire this man so much. And I think it probably is something that he would admire if I took on this sport. And I really enjoyed it and I thought it was really cool. But I think a lot of the stuff that motivates us as, as sons specifically are the, uh, the affection and like validation of our parents, especially our fathers. For sure. And I wonder like, would you have found this without your dad's interest? Yeah. I don't know. Pro- I, I, probably not. And I mean, was I, he super proud to watch you yeah, play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Was, yeah, was yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. He, he had a good time with that. But the sport, my dad, uh, we lost him in 2002. The sport was very different back then. Like, yeah. we had some of our heroes that were doing it. I was in Oregon and Randy Couture and Dan Henderson, Matt Lillen. They'd gone on and had some success. It was kind of a thing. The Northwest was a real hot bed for it. But- you know, where it is now, it went on Fox and it was on ESPN. And uh, that, just, that wasn't in anybody's vision. Nobody thought that, that Dana could do with it what he did do with it. When you fought in the UFC in 2005, 2006, mm. were you a heel then? Were you focused on being a heel? Or? I was trying to be. Okay. I, I couldn't get him to cover me. The, the first MMA reporter that ever called me was a girl. She's now a good friend of mine. Her name is Loretta Hunt. But she worked for a company called SureDog. And SureDog.com yeah, yeah. was the number one website at that time. They had a forum board. And you could go make fights on there. Just call somebody out. You can make it all the way to the UFC by getting something going on this, on this internet hmm. site. Hmm. So she interviewed me. And she stops the interview. And I was going heel. I was calling out Chuck Liddell. And I was making fun of a grown man with a mohawk and tattoos on his skull. I mean, I was, I was doing this whole thing on Chuck Liddell. Yeah, right. I mean, very simple stuff. But nobody talked about anybody that yeah, way, yeah. particularly Chuck Liddell. And she stopped the interview. And she said, I'm turning the recorder off. She said, you're not who I thought you were. I never would have called you. Uh, I was uh, recommended you by Randy Couture. And I, I can see that he's made a mistake and I've wasted my time. Wow. And I stayed in character the whole way. I told her, you're right. You called the wrong person. You're right. Wow. Blah, blah, blah. And I thought she would run it. That was the goods. And she did not. That was in 2005. That interview never saw the light of day. But I had a number of people. My college coach, Chuck Kearney, pulled me off of uh, of interviews. We didn't have the internet back then, but we had local hometown papers. And this would just be for a dual meet for wrestling matches. And I would be cutting these promos and the reporter would be right. And then he would go back and tell the head coach. The head coach would stop it. It would never see print. So I had about 10 years of trying to get over and trying to help a sport and trying to get interest that I had people stopping me because they didn't understand it. So yeah. you trained your whole life to be the, the whole heel. time I was, the and heel. that's why I was yes. wondering. <laughs> I was wondering when so people. Fun. You said when people cheer for you, got uncomfortable, but you also said the cool heel is the greatest thing. You became the cool heel and didn't know how to handle it, probably because you trained your whole life to be booed. Sure. And then the second you achieved the max status, you're like, "What the fuck is this? This is not. <laughs> this is not what I signed up for." But perhaps, perhaps. I mean, I'm listening to you right now because no one's ever psychoanalyzed me, but I'm hearing what you're saying, and I don't disagree. I actually really like this, but. Yeah, Andrew. They would They pulled me from interviews. They stopped running it. Loretta Do you never ran the first it. First promo you cut that worked. Yes, uh, oh. it was. I was fighting a guy in the WEC named Paulo Filo, and Paulo was ranked number one at that time. Anderson was number two. Paulo was number one. He came through Pride. He was sixteen and zero, and he was undefeated. 
And it was a very simple line. And I said, I, I, I told the media this. I said, I've got a picture of Paulo Filo. I put it in my shoe. So every time I take a step, I'm walking right on his face. Yeah. And that was so salacious. That was so dirty that he responded to, the to shit it. You said. He was sitting there, you know, and somebody reads it to him and they give an interpreter. Then he gives his response. And you could see it in his eyes. It genuinely hurt his feelings. It genuinely affected. It was a very sad moment. He couldn't believe that I said that. And he made him re-say it. And he said at 13, you know, because he thought he was hearing it wrong. And as simple as that line is, by today's standard, back yeah. then in 2007, nobody nobody talked that way. That was like the dirtiest line that had ever been spoken. Did you ever reach out to him sport. and say like, hey man, just trying to make No, I, you know, I thought maybe he got it over time. I, I, I always hoped that he did. You mm. know, a few of those guys, I, I think there's still, you know, maybe some band-aids <laughs> that need to be put on. Is there, there's but, a great actual video of Minotauro responding to yeah. somebody in the audience. <laughs> 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 I saw that. Did you really feel a cat? He's in front of this huge audience, and he just laughs. He goes, "I hate that shit, man. I hate that shit." He goes, "He goes, I have horses on my ranch. Every time I saw a picture of the horses, they always ask me if I'm feeding a cow." You know, and I saw where he responded. I know the exact piece you're talking about. It was a Q and A, and he got and he handled it so cool. He seemed like such a cool guy. It was a joke. Yeah. Behind, so that's in front of us. Behind the scenes, yeah. he's one of the coldest guys to me. Wait, he, really? he will not say hello to me. when I see him in person. He, he frowns. I was even visiting with a Bamba, a Brazilian friend of mine. He comes up to Bamba. We're at a restaurant. We get separated. He comes up to Bamba and says, why are you hanging out with this guy? He's no good. Bamba's like, no, man, this is all a, an act. Yeah. Of everybody that I've ever dealt with, Nogueira, who's been nothing but polite publicly, is one guy behind the scenes that never got it. You know both that, those, you know both that, those guys yeah. are dicks to me. Both those Nogueras are, are rude to me when I well, say Well, yeah. you know. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they never, they never try to give you a hello. You might say hello when I die. I'll do these, you know, hello. And they, yeah. Yeah. they never got it. They, what can I do? Well, they, they get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. I don't know what to do. But it also makes me feel like they fed a fucking busted cat. What if you look at a picture of their farm and it's just hundreds of buses? It's hundreds of BW Beatles. It's just buses everywhere. There, there, there's a supercut of you saying that same story in multiple interviews, and it's yeah, yeah. the consistency with which you tell that story yeah. is it's so the, impressive. It's the first time he said it every time. <laughs> Rogan, yeah. uh, it's when Rogan goes, did, 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 did Lil Nog really, really be in the chair? <laughs> and then you go, you go, yeah, that's a good story. <laughs> <laughs> the timing. And getting to Rogan to laugh isn't easy, uh, by dude, the way. He right? I mean, he's good. Snapped. Rogan's good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, have you ever said anything that you felt like crossed the line, Ooh. even in hindsight? Now that you're kind of out of the game, are you looking back being like, damn, maybe I, I got in the moment, shouldn't have said that one thing? Yeah, 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 probably. Uh, probably, what, yes, what? if I had some more time to think about it. But I, I do remember... Paulo Filo's response when he was told that he, you know, I've got a picture of him and I put it in my shoe and I step on his face. I, I just looked at it from a different perspective when he had to be told it three times and I saw his eyes change and his face change. And I thought, well, you know, even if he's undefeated and he's ranked number one, he's the world champion, he's still a guest. He's coming from Brazil. Like, I know all these people. We're in my hometown. We got my aunt and uncle here. We got my, he doesn't know anyone. Um, you know, maybe 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 that was a mean thing to say to him. I was just trying to get some interest. No one had ever talked to him that way. Everybody was scared of him. Um, so on on one hand, I achieved what you know with my own code of rules. You 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 step up to people in front of you only. You don't step down. Um, at the same time, he was a guest, and I hurt his feelings, and I thought it was kind of rude. Yeah, I'd rather not hurt a guy's feelings. Okay, what about the Tito Ortiz? Piss him off is one thing. Hurt his feelings is, yeah. I don't want to hurt his feelings. What Did about the Tito one? Oh, the Tito with the Jenna Jameson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. But, you, you remember know, the line? Oh, yeah. What is T Tito goes, uh, 
This guy only makes money. What is it? Yeah, he said, this guy's not even world champion. This guy just just makes money running his mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, The only person to make money using their mouth is your ex-wife. That was all that I (laughs) I just laid out like that. And then it turns out like on a technicality that, that... Tito impregnated her, but he never actually married her. He actually uh, corrected the statement. He wanted that known. We have yeah. kids together, but I never married her. Yeah, it was the weirdest oh, comeback. Yeah. Oh, That's well, not my wife. <laughs> <laughs> we lived in sin, goddammit. I did not marry her. Yeah. Where did you get that from? You got to be more accurate with the roast, dude. That's on you. <laughs> yeah. You have to I'm apologize sure after? Did, I'm sure he tried to get alimony from her, and it, it, it didn't work out. He found out that he wasn't actually married. Um, no, I never apologized. I I, uh, I figured that the people would get it. In fact, Tito's another one. After our fight, I congratulated him. Good job. And it was our second time meeting. I beat him in college, and now he beat me here. And it was this terribly embarrassing thing. He really is a very bad fighter. So to lose to Tito, it's a very embarrassing. You don't want to be the guy that lost to Tito. I become the guy who's <laughs> So, but I, I congratulate him. I was cordial. I saw him in the back after our locker rooms right by each other. I told him, and he told me, if you want me to accept that apology, you will do it publicly at the press conference. Mm. And mm. I was just standing there like, it's like, Tito, I am humiliated right now. I'm not getting a bonus check. I'm going to walk out there. I lost to you, and you suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing there looking at him, and I'm just nodding. I'm dumbfounded that he tells me if he wants to accept. I've known him for 21 years. If you'll accept, I have to uh, do it publicly. So we get to the press conference, and the whole thing's over. Scott Coker tells everybody, thank you for coming. And Tito stops. Oh, hold on. Jail, do you have something you would like to say? He actually wanted this apology. Yeah. I just thought for a winner to do that to the loser after the fact, I thought it was a very underhanded thing. I said, no, I never gave him the apology. But Yeah, he's acting uh, like she was his wife. Yeah, it was a really <laughs> weird thing to do. It's been weird between Tito and I ever since because, because of that. Because oh, wow. he demanded a public apology. Is there anybody who, who... It's like, Tito, we just sold this arena out, you yeah. scumbag. Yeah. And I lost to you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> not to mention your choke, but not to mention I threw the fight to start with. Yeah. You could give me a thank you, right? I mean, you could give me... But, it was just a weird thing. Then he wants an apology on top of it. Did that. you often yeah. break character to tell people like, yo, we're trying to sell tickets right now? Because you, well, you said you had a story about when, I think Vanderlei was his name, when he oh. came up to you in Ultimate Fighter. I think they stopped production and you had to talk to him. Yes. You want to tell that story? I thought it was a really that, cool that story. That is a very true story. So I, I get to Brazil and they wanted to kill me at this time. But you know, that's a funny thing you say now. But no, this this was real. Like they really wanted to kill me. And, and MMA is the number two sport in Brazil, only behind soccer. Hmm. So as popular as it is in America, in Brazil, Crazy. Everyone knows who you are. Yeah. Every taxi driver, everywhere. I mean, everybody knows who you are. They they really made it a, a mainstay. So I get brought out there to be the evil villain, and Vandalay's going to come in and set me straight. But I am alone. I don't have anybody. I, I got my coach with me that used to be a mailman, and everybody else we're meeting. And some people are a little bilingual, and they're not. So... But but that actual atmosphere is important because when Vandalay decides to attack me, he's got 20 guys with him, and I'm by myself. So I'm trying to explain to him, Vandalay, I'm the bad guy. I got brought here to be the bad guy. You got to be the shiny knight. But if you attack me, it makes me vulnerable. It makes me the victim, which is going to endear me to the audience. And I don't know if Brazil and America, I don't know, but I can tell you the most powerful thing in America right now is the victim. But more power yeah. than the astronaut, than the doctor, than yeah, the millionaire. Yeah. The yeah. victim is the power. And I was trying to explain that to him about our culture. Don't. Don't victimize me. Mm. Don't bully me. Don't come up to me 20 on one. Do it one on one. Make me the bad guy. That's why we're here. And he never really got that concept. Yeah. He never he never fully understood that concept. And I was pleading with him at this point because they're going to stop filming. He's threatening he's going to walk off if I don't apologize to Brazil. And it's like, oh, God, it's day one, Vandalay. Mm. There's 31 days. Imagine that I apologize. What do we do now? Mm. Why are we here? Why is this show happening? 
Mm. But is, it was a tough concept to get him to Is there anybody that know. got it and then thanked you afterwards? Yes, Vandalay. Wait a minute, really? Yeah, Vandalay got, he actually thanked me yesterday. It actually came out yesterday in a release and my coach Fabiano sent it to me and it, it meant a lot. And Vandalay, he said, you know what? He played that, he was talking about me, he said he played that character so good, I believed it. Mm. He said, I thought he was a scumbag. I thought he hated our country. I thought he hated me. He said, I, I, I didn't know it was an act. And wow. then, he, then he came out and he said, I, I really respect what he did. And this was just, yes, that was a nice compliment. Because like, he earned money shoes. off of it or because he, it built up the fight, it built up his yeah. status. Like, yeah, that's yeah. right. He, he understands yeah. what you did he for him. finally understood, yeah. yes. And, and you yeah. helped them buy mm -hmm. soap and shampoo, which is helpful yeah. for yes. their country. Yeah. Toothbrushes and yeah, toothpaste yeah, yeah. things they don't have. Yeah, yeah. 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 Gifts. <laughs> gifts to the country. I can't believe they have computers. Yeah, which is an old, by the way, which is an old Andy Kaufman bit. I don't know if you ever saw it. It's called One Night in Hollywood. But if you ever want to understand how a heel works and a face and building characters, Andy Kaufman was a genius. He really really was, and he, he really never quite got the praise, but he did a pro wrestling match. Andy yeah. Kaufman sold out an arena three times. Yeah. He finally does the match, by the way, which consists of a guy picks him up and drops him. They do nothing else. They sold out an arena to watch this. Andy Kaufman gets one hold of his choice. He gets one move to start the match. Now, he could kick the guy in the nuts. He could hit him with a steel folding chair. He could give the macho man elbow drop off the top rope. He could do any move he wants he chooses a standing side headlock. Now a standing oh, side headlock man. is what I would put you in before I gave you a noogie, okay? <laughs> it is the most innocent thing that you could possibly do. He gives him a standing side headlock. Lawler picks him up, drops him, never moves again. Now they sold $200,000, and this is in the 70s, worth, worth of tickets to watch this thing. So they put him on a stretcher and they gotta carry him out and his neck is broken and he never, <laughs> not one single wrestling move aside, Wow. From the standing is that, wow. And that is a genius, gentlemen. Is that your biggest heel influence? Who else did you learn about being a heel from? Uh, the Andy Kaufman story, yes, is, is one that I turn to a lot. When I try to teach it or explain uh, to somebody yeah. else, I, I will encourage them, go back and, and watch this. But, yeah. I mean, that's just a, what I just said. He went and did a pro wrestling match. He never learned how to wrestle. He sold a building uh, three times. He sold it three times before he actually went to the ring and finally got in. I mean, this was a 40-minute production. He refused to get in the ring. The referee's calling him in, and he gets on the first and then he lets go and he walks around and he starts doing the chicken act. You know, you got people there sitting there screaming. Yeah. They're furious. Refusing right? they to get in. He refused and to get in. The, think how much everyone hates you. Yeah. Yeah. So now the, the, the main wrestler is in the ring and he's doing this whole thing. He literally, nothing more than a standing sign headlock. Wow. And they sold out in a ring three times for this move. I just think there's a genius at play there. I, th I thought no, it was very good. He's uh, who cuts yeah. the best promos? Even WWE, all that shit. Well, you know, Stone Cold was very good because yeah. he went into business for himself. The Rock is hard to beat. The yeah. Rock is just a, a, a very talented guy in that in that regard. I thought Stone Cold's work was better, but that 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 is a fine line of best promo. I think what McGregor does is great because McGregor is 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 true to the gimmick. You know, the fact that when he did the Your Wife Was In Me DMs, I mean, he's broken in half. He's on the canvas. Joe Rogan's down on a knee to interview him. You know, and, and people say, well, that's a real jerk and a real scumbag. It's like, or... Or that's a performer that until the freaking ship went down, stayed with the character. Mm. And I mean, I thought people should have given him, you know, hard that you'd be in shock. Your body's in shock. You got a compound fracture and he stayed with the gimmick till mm. the end. There's the, uh, there's that moment Akash was showing me before. that It was, it was I think, DC after DC beat Silva. Okay. And I think he's getting booed after beating Silva. Yep. And I think he started to maybe like explain to the crowd or say, listen, give it up for Silva or something like that. And you gave extreme pushback on that. Yep. You never explain anything. Yep. You lean into the energy. Yep. What would have you what would you have done, you said? Yeah. 
You well, said you would have said fuck you to all of them. Oh, yeah. Well, there was a night they were going to give me the world championship. I fought John Jones. And John was pounding me. He was pounding with his elbow. Being, if you're underneath John Jones, when you get up, whether the referee brings you up or you get up, you're now a different person. I will tell you that right now. It is a When he gets on top of you one time, he was hitting me so hard that he dug his feet in so hard that his toe, his bone popped through his skin. It's a Ooh. compound. So his bone is now sticking out. Yeah. And we go... We go to our corner in between, and they saw it, and they would have stopped it. They would have stopped it and given me the win. He couldn't continue like that. The doctor saw it the whole bit, and John goes into shock. When he looks down and sees it, he goes into shock. He gets control of himself, and he finishes it. But just to your point, Andrew, so this was the setup, and they asked me what I would have done, and I said I would not have apologized. I would have held the belt up. I would have reminded everybody of the golden rule, the one with the gold rules, and I'd have walked out. Hmm. But that's what I would have done, but nobody else would have. They would have apologized. They would have given it back. I've seen people take the belt off and give, or the interim belt. This isn't even a championship, and I've seen them throw it yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just these really weird things. Yeah. It's like, why, why are you apologizing? Why are you giving anybody that? Why are you giving an inch, man? There's no need to compromise. Take it all. They just want to be loved, huh? They just want to be loved. And you go back to John Jones and the Toth situation, yeah. how they let him continue fighting. So, so they didn't. The fight was so over. So they did stop it. He, oh. he st the ref stops it, and there was only a few seconds left in the round. So then he goes, and he's having his celebratory moment, and they look down and see it. So now the doctor's in the ring. They oh, see the it. He literally oh, goes was, into, into shock. Already. Yes. Oh, okay. He okay. literally go goes into shock, and then th and this is one, I've always had a respect for John. The press conference, because his fight was in New Jersey, the press conference like 1.30 in the morning. And he should have been in an ambulance and off, and he refused to go. He wrapped it himself and walks into the press conference Oof. just to tell, he just wanted to tell the media, you know, thanks for coming, and I beat this guy. Did and he, he wanted to have his moment. building up the fight? Yes, he did. John, and did he John reach out about personally yes. about that? Yes. And has there ever been somebody that reached out before the fight was signed and said, listen, I want you to do your thing, go for it, don't talk about my daughter. Or I want you to do your thing. Go for it. Here are the rules. No. Would you respect that if somebody did that? I would have abided by it. I don't know mm. if I would have respected. It. I I would have honored it though. If they were like, "Hey, man, this is a sticky my daughter's going through something yeah. hard." Just I'm to, really worried that you're going to do this. Can yeah. you just not? I I would have. Uh, I would not have done it. I would have. Because it isn't a, it is an emotional courtesy. advantage that you can build. I think yeah. it's something this is something I think Jake does really well and I think he handles two things. He handles the onslaught of criticism. It is nonstop criticism. Like you said, most people want to be loved. Mm -hmm. They're into the performance art, if you will. I know it's cage fighting, but you're still performing and there's adulation attached yeah. to it. He's willing to be fucking despised and hated. And that's painful. Yeah. That's an emotional burden you gotta carry. Yeah. And then he bestows an emotional burden on the opponent, yep. right? Which is what you were doing. It's like, once the fight is announced, the next six weeks or eight weeks, yep. it's going to be fucking tough for that that's guy. Right. Every single day they're going to ask you, well, what do you have to say? Chael just said this about you. And that's the goal, right? Yep. Is to make him furious. Every so day. He, yeah. Yep. So. Every day. And I appreciate what you're saying about Jake. I mean, that's another guy I don't think gets credit. And I would give that to his brother too, but those are legit tough guys. Yeah. I mean, they legitimately work hard. Even the, even his brother that's over the doing the wrestling thing, yeah. he claims he doesn't train in it. Oh, he's yeah. incredible. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's yeah. coming off the top rope, but the right. whole time, not only is he doing the techniques, he's working the psychology of the room. He's listening to them. He's making facial reactions. He knows where the camera is. He knows where his beat is when he speaks. It's unbelievable what a good job he's doing. Yeah. It's Hall of Fame quality, and he's mm. been at this thing yeah. 
Did you ever consider know, that? 20 days, all in, yeah. all in, it's probably 20 days worth of matches. Did McMahon hit you up and be like, hey, let's do WWE, you One do time. the thing, you don't have to take all the damage. Like, Yeah, you know. I, I don't understand why you wouldn't just get into the game. One time, but it was, I reached out to them, and they, I was 33 years old, and they said, you're too old. They said, we we're sure you could do it, but we're looking for guys that are 19 and 20. Mm -hmm. They said it would take about six months for you to learn how to wrestle, but it would take two years for you to learn the psychology. They never told me what that, what that meant. But I felt like I was a master of psychology. Yeah. I felt like I was yeah. the one writing the book. I think book, they're man. underestimating. I can, yeah, I can, trust me, I've got it right now. Give me a microphone, I can, I can get this moving right now. And I was about to fight Anderson Silva in a title fight. And they said, if you if you come on Monday night, if you beat Anderson and you come on Monday Night Raw with Dana's belt, we'll give you a million bucks. And he said, no contracts. We will, we will take your word and we will send it to you. Just And they said, it just to stick it up Dana's ass. <laughs> and to this day, I don't know That's how Dana would mind. To this day, I don't know. I think he'd like it. Yeah, yeah it's I have the promo yeah. for the on a, UFC on a Monday. He would yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He would. Which, I said yes. Of course, I yeah, said yes. Yeah, but yeah. I was thinking the whole time, like I'm gonna be. Dana's gonna think this is great. Yeah, yeah. I to Dana this day don't know how that sticks it in Dana's. Vince ass. would do the same if somebody did something on UFC to promote sure. WWE. He'd love it. He would love it. Yeah. I'm surprised. I'm surprised Vince would think that that's sticking in Dana's ass unless he had you humiliated and you lost Sure. when you went in there. But even if you lost because somebody like smashed a chair on your head when you weren't looking, right. it's totally fine as long as there's an excuse for the loss. I agree. Yeah, I don't know how Everybody they wins. possibly make it a negative. And in my mind, I was just walked onto the ramp. Nobody actually told me. That's what I pictured. I walk on the ramp and I got the belt and I get a million dollars. I mean, that, this is what I pictured. Yeah. To this day, I don't know how it sticks it in Dana's ass, but that was the exact phone call. How much did you make <laughs> fighting? <laughs> The the most I ever made was was eight point eight in in one night. Oh what? Wow. I made eight point eight million the second time I fought Anderson. Wow. And, I, and I, I know I know talking I, shit I days, just, boy. I know I just became a scumbag to the audience. I, I didn't mean to, but they they used to post this audience. publicly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they love you. And I, Wait, I only that's told huge. That. This is huge money. I told that story one time to a guy named Brian. And, and Brian was a good friend of mine. And Brian told me that that didn't happen. And then he broke down the math. He goes, here's what the gate was. And here's what the pay-per-view was. And they just couldn't have done that. And I, and I said, yeah, just like that. I just, I backtracked and just took it back. <laughs> yep. I, I had a friend and his, front row Brian was his name. He was even a media personality. And I told him I did 8.8 million and here's how we did. And he told me it wasn't, it wasn't so. And I just, I said, yep. I just let it go. Hold on. This is, this is wild. Okay. So. I'm sorry. I'm going to piss my pants. Hey, go, 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 go. 8.8, wow. Now that's a stunning gate for a UFC fight now. Not even yes. gate, that's a stunning payout for a UFC fighter now. Yes. This is how long ago? This was in 2012. And I will tell you, those numbers are- 11 yeah, years the, ago. The numbers the numbers are bigger than people what did Silva, think What did are. Silva get? I've always wondered that. He had to get more. No. He had to. He Maybe had you were to getting get paid more. as the heel. Maybe. Because they know that Silva can't promote it like you're going to promote it. And where did you guys fight? And I heard rumors, though, that he was like 3.2 million or 3.1 million. And I, I've tried to confirm that. But then his, he also told me a number that he thought we did in pay-per-views. Wasn't the number that we did in pay-per-views. So I didn't know where this oh. whole thing sat. And so, I mean, there was just like when I was dealing with Brian. Like, there was just a time that I, I just stopped. You oh, got your money, okay. that's all that Yeah, matters. it's like, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. Okay, so 8.8. .8. So you did really well. Yeah. And what about when you were doing, like, when you were basically running around fighting all of, like, the, the stars? Like, uh, what about when you did your Bellator run? 
Yeah, well, Bellator was another great one. You know, it was a little bit different model because they didn't have the pay-per-view. And one of the great things, I mean, it, it's like any great performer. You watch this hand so you don't see what this hand's doing. Mm -hmm. And from day one, MMA's done a great job of coming out and saying, here's what the live gate was and here's what the pay-per-view was. Here's what the live gate and here's what the pay Here's what the live gate. And what they did over a period of time is they convinced the audience without even asking that they're in the live gate and pay-per-view business. So now you get people that think they're smart to the business. Oh, I know what it is. And you've got two revenue streams. And <laughs> <laughs> but then a pandemic hits the world, and all of a sudden you can't have a live gate. But the one sport that kept going was MMA. Damn with right. absolutely no gate, zero. Those sponsorship dollars and are it, right. There you uh, go. And, yeah. it, and it was thriving on top of that. All of a sudden, you know, pay-per-view changed. The pay-per-view model doesn't even exist today as it did in 2012 at all. But the business and the doors stay open. The what sponsorships do you mean by that? come in. Well, the way the pay-per-view used to be in 2012, uh, uh, it was called pay-per-view, but you know, you could go on um, DirecTV. Yeah, that's what it was how called. We Push button. Yeah. But it's very different now. It's it's largely stream now. It's largely digital. It's just a completely different business. Um, it's, it's just not structured the same. It's not even the same technology, the way that it comes through digitally. So here, I'll give you a great example. But John Jones set out because he was unhappy with his contract. So John Jones comes back. He signs a new contract, and he has a guy named Richard Schaefer do it. Now, John doesn't know Dude, this yet. And Schaefer he's, from the Mayweather's yes. promotions? Well, no, Richard, Golden Boy. He formed Golden Boy. That's right. Yes, Oscar took the credit, but Schaefer did Schaefer it. Schaefer was there. I bumped it. More. Okay, Very yeah, yeah. accomplished man. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He's a yeah. very he accomplished a sharp man. guy. So he stepped in to help John Jones, and Dana respected him. The problem is the deal that Schaefer did for Jones would have been a very good deal back in the pay-per-view model that Schaefer understood. It's uh, completely different now. Or even the one that John walked away from three years ago. The business has changed so much and these two knuckleheads put the, and I, I just watched this whole thing happen. And I'm a nemesis of John, but I watched this happen and my evil side, God damn, how do you not know what you're doing? And how do you bring in a guy from a generation and a technology and a mm. business ago who's never done an MMA contract and he got a yes on his first day, that should have been a clue to him. Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 the greatest sharks in the world yeah. gave you a yes on your first day, you dumb son of a, but here they are. <laughs> but here they are. So do you know the details of the contract? No, what? it was basically, so it comes with thresholds if you're if you're in on the pay-per-view, it just comes with what's called thresholds. And a standard of the industry would be 200,000. Yeah. With, with, with this story that that's where we break even, which of course, it, but this is the story and it's consistent and it, it transcends times. But then at 500,000, you bump to this number and 800,000, you bump to this number. And a million, you bump to this and nobody ever bumps to... Uh, all the way to that high, except, you know, Lesnar and McGregor. And um, and basically that was it. John just wanted a little bit more and he wanted the thresholds to be a little bit less. But it's a completely different model now, even from three years ago when he walked away. But John couldn't sit here and tell us what the MMA model is right now. You couldn't sit him. It's like Deontay Wilder and Francis Ngannou out there running him out there about free agents. Let's just sit him down and find out the economics of the fight game. Mm. They could not tell you step number one. Well, you're going to sell some tickets. Okay, but the venue's only so big. What happens when the tickets are gone? Well, then we're gonna go, they, they don't know it. Mm. So when you're sitting there and you're trying to negotiate, you don't even know what it is you're talking about. It's one of these, it's just one of these situations in life, right? I mean, there's a reason it's called a business and some of it's none of yours. Mm. You gotta do the work on your own. You gotta find out what you're doing. But mm. I, I will tell you, John's sitting out because he wasn't happy with his pay and then signing a deal with Richard Schaefer that doesn't know the industry now really was something to watch. Yeah. It really so, was something to watch. I just sit there and go, oh my God. Three years of your life you wasted. The best in the world. The best dude in the world. Could have had three fights a year. You could have nine fights behind you. You could have $50 million sitting in the bank. And now you've, you're walking out 
to a deal that would have been good when you left three years ago. Mm. Now, would you say- And by the way, John, why do you think Richard Schaefer would know what he's doing in the world of MMA? Well, he started Golden Boy. Yeah, but let me ask you, but why would he know what he's doing in the world of MMA? Yeah. Well, he started Golden Boy. Yeah. Fair enough. Maybe he was thinking he knows what he's doing in the world of promoting fight sports. Yeah. Schaefer's impressive like that. That's all true, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess a lot of agents rep NFL, NBA, MLB athletes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, To your point, the model changed. And the Golden Boy model was was interesting. I think I remember the Golden Boy model being that it was, they were basically taking every dollar grossed from everything. It was sponsorship, live gate, whatever, went into one bucket. I'm pretty sure. And like they were making even employees buy their own tickets. Like nobody was getting free tickets. And then, oh, actually, yeah, that's right. This was the cash out deals that some people say have kind of like hurt boxing because there was very little money that was left for the promotion. I remember Mayweather doing pretty much all the PR. They would do the live events. He would do those little like, uh, you know, they would do the, the little tour when they were announcing the fight. Do you remember they would oh, do yeah. those little press tours? Of course. That was the PR. Yeah. They weren't spending that much on like advertising or anything because Mayweather was just promoting the fights. And it kind of killed the boxing model in a way because these fighters started going, oh, yeah, I'm just getting 90% of gross. Yep. It's like, well, you're not Mayweather. Right. You can't promote a fight. That's right. You need to take 20% of that and dump it into fucking ads because yes. they're boring. Yes. Yeah. So the model was good if you could talk and it was horrible for you if you couldn't. That's right. Hmm. Yeah, which isn't a big surprise. I mean, it sounds like the way that it should be. I mean, I'll just share with you that that, that is a really interesting thing. You've got Deontay Wilder and Francis Gunn. Both these guys are mad at me. Both of these guys have said these terrible things about me in the, in the media lately. But it's because I give them a hard time, and I'm not giving them a hard time to make fun of them. I'm giving them a hard time so they ask themselves these very. So I really am coming from a position of trying to help them. Like Deontay, Francis, what? How do you make money in fighting? They just want somebody to hand me a check. I mean, that's it. Somebody hand me a give me money. It's like. Back up, where does that guy get the money? How does that money, like let's just start in step number one. You've yeah. been doing this for 20 years, goddammit. How do you make a dollar in this business besides somebody giving you a check? They don't know. They both sit there quietly. They have the foggiest idea. And it's like, well, but wouldn't it behoove you to look into that just a little bit? If you know the rules of the game, you can then manipulate the rules of the game. Mm. And, yeah. and it's a weird step. You got Deontay, he's out there, he, he's running his mouth on TV uh, over the weekend that he, he wants to fight Francis. You haven't had, a, if I came on your show right now, Andrew, and I made an announcement that I was gonna fight somebody, I would have Scott Coker already backing me. Dana White <laughs> and I already would have spoken. He yeah. knew I was coming here. He's gonna write the check. He's gonna set the venue. These guys have nothing, and they think that that's a cool thing. They think it's cool to say I'm a free agent, man. You're, yeah. you're the ugly girl sitting out that nobody asked. That's who you are. <laughs> Nobody's looking at you thinking, oh, you're great. Uh, you don't have a loyalty to anybody. I don't sit in the business and see that you just burned your last guy and think, oh, I wanna get in bed with you. Mm. I say, you're a snake, and look what you did to him. He's my enemy, but look at what you did to him. Beat it. Is there anybody so undeniable that they don't have to have a loyalty? Is there anybody that- Nate Diaz? That's bigger than the business? Yeah, Nate or McGregor, Floyd. No, but I get your I get your point. Floyd could do just about anything he wanted. Floyd making this whole exhibition thing work, come yeah. on, good job. Dude, yeah. I don't even understand it, but he keeps on getting checks to fight guys that aren't gonna hurt him. Yes. And I'm not mad at it. Did you see him do the 360 over the weekend with his Chammers, Chammers kid, if I'm yeah, saying that Chalmers, right? Yeah, Cham- yeah. Yeah, they yeah. fought in England. I had a friend that was there who was sending me photos. I mean, the building was, it was pretty yeah. light. It, yeah. it was a pretty light day of business. But Chalmers <laughs> connects with them and Floyd hits a 360 and does like a, it was cool. Yeah. I was entertained. I yeah. found it to be entertaining. He sits on the rope in yes. the corner. Like, yeah, it's perfect. But yeah. if you would have told me five years ago, hey, Floyd's going to go do exhibitions and he's going to make money, I'd say, no, he's not. He's a fool. Nobody's going to pay to see that. But 
he's made it work. You know, there's something there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think anyone's profiting from it, but. I mean, he is. is. Yeah, as long as he can keep changing promoters and there keeps on being a guy willing to lose money. <laughs> that's what keeps boxing open. I mean, I came from the wrestling background. I'll be the first to tell you, but we, we don't survive unless we got a guy willing to lose money. Once that guy gets tired of it, we got to move to somebody else. You know, wait, wait, what, wrestling what is events that? And, I was saying that wrestling, which I came from amateur wrestling, but, but, but also boxing, only survives on a guy willing to lose money. You get some guy that loves this or believes it's for the greater good or wants to be associated with a tough guy business, and he goes and puts some money in until it goes dry, and then somebody else comes along. But as amateur wrestling, we don't, we don't, nobody turns a profit. But the same thing goes with boxing. Like, right. you know, we're told all these numbers of what McGregor and Mayweather did. And the, those guys wanted a rematch. They wanted a rematch right away. They want a rematch to this day. The promoters said, I'll never, they got their asses kicked. Those promoters Wait got crushed minute. on that fight. Why? Because the guarantees to Mayweather yes, and McGregor were so high. They screwed up. They screwed up. Interesting. I had heard the term fake news. In fact, Donald Trump, as he was running for the presidency, coined this phrase, fake news. Yeah. I thought, Why is he saying that? What does that even mean? The new, you can trust the news. There's no such thing as fake news. I'm working for ESPN. We're, we're broadcasting the Mayweather-McGregor fight live. And to this day, they will tell you that's a record. That's the biggest fight ever. That thing was sold out. That place was, people were dressed up as empty seats. And I mean thousands of people. No. I bought my mother's no. ticket that day. That day, my mother decides that she wants uh, to go to the fight. So I'm in there and I'm telling the world that this place is sold out because that's, what that's what's on the screen. And I go, it's not, it's not even close. Yeah. This isn't like, oh, it's pretty much, it, this isn't, there's thousands of empty seats. That was the first time that in my own life I ever just, wow, fake news is real. Wow. And then Mayweather, they wanted a rematch. They were begging. They were doing more media trying to get a rematch than they did leading into the first match. And the guys that wrote the checks. But why didn't it sell out? I mean, it's such two big draws. They yeah. promoted it so it's well. all well, anybody's talking about. Yeah, there's still a number. Yeah. I mean, no matter how big it draws, there's there's still a number. Mm-hmm. If this guy got a hundred million, this guy got a hundred million, then you gotta advertise it, promote it. You gotta bring it's the on guarantees the, still that kill number. everything. If they were yeah. just getting percentages, then 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 obviously everybody would be. You're saying the money. seats were empty. I can understand yeah. it not making the money, but the seats being empty seems un yeah. Seems peculiar. Crazy. Yeah. And there, and there's nothing in the world where you have a, a pay-per-view hit that didn't have a live audience hit. Like if your live audience is, is your first focus group, isn't yeah. sold out, yeah. you didn't do you didn't do pay-per-view numbers. Sure. But boxing will still claim that to this day. They still to this day claim that that's number one. And if you want to be the biggest uh, pay-per-view in boxing history, all you have to do is claim it. There is nobody <laughs> from DirecTV, Time Warner, Fox, there is nobody that has ever backed those numbers. So nobody saying- has ever, no executive has ever come out and said these numbers are true. Whoever writes the press release that claims this was the number gets the record. So you're saying that w- that's not the highest grossing That's boxing. right. That's right, but but wow. it, it sat as number one until oh, or in reverse order. But that you did a Pacquiao versus uh, Mayweather that went number, and this one it's just a press release. Whoever puts that press release and sends it out, what? never has a company that's publicly traded had an executive back those numbers. They're all lies. Wow. <laughs> now, how do we know if this is the truth? Or you're just running game. Well, I guess you could Google it. I don't. I don't know what the incentive would be. I, I'm more just trying to share Google something. Google. We're going to see the claim. That's interesting. Yeah, you'll see the, the claim. Fake news. It's you'll see the fake news. Yeah, you, you can't will. trust the news. I'll tell you one thing. You won't see though. You will not see. And there, I mean, there's there's FEC rules on it. You can't be an executive of a public leadership company and lie. You can't do that publicly. Uh, you can't even tweet about it. Elon Musk found that out the hard way. But uh, uh, but if yeah, the, you won't if, find anybody to back. If the second those biggest numbers. fight 
or technically the first biggest, is Mayweather, and maybe the third or fourth biggest is McGregor, why would the two of them together not be the first? That's well, seems- I think that they did a really good night. I'm just sharing with you that the 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 promoters that put that on had an opportunity to rematch it. They mm-hmm. had both the fires, which generally is the hardest thing that you've got, right? We'd have John Jones and Francis against each other if we could have got the fighters to do it. We had both the fighters, the McGregor and the Mayweather. We begging to do a rematch. And that was when we found out that Connor could go with him, right? People thought going to that first one, Connor was going to get wiped out, myself included. He ended up being very competitive, so we had more evidence. Mm-hmm. Sequels have always, or at least traditionally, done better than the original, and they still wouldn't sign off and, and rematch it. Wow. Those guys, those guys did not do uh, the business that they tell you they did. Hmm. You know? And they made a bunch of money. They made a bunch of money, but to your point, Andrew, the guarantees were too high. They made a mistake. Hmm. They weren't willing to make it twice. Yeah, because Floyd's not entering the ring for less than a hundred. Yep. So you got to clear that. I get it not making money, but empty seats just seems crazy. Yeah, yeah, the empty seats is wild. Well, and not to mention that could be proven, right? You just take the camera. You don't have to tell the audience it's sold out. Just take the camera and show us if it's sold out. I mean, it's as simple as doing that. Can I tell you one that's interesting? Floyd Mayweather, just before he came Floyd, he was pretty boy Floyd, in fact, at the time. The year was 2005, Portland, my hometown, and he fought Sean Bay Mitchell, who was a former world yeah. champion. So they fought- With The Go- tassel shorts. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah. Good, good good memory, by the way. Gooseman promoted that, and it was on HBO, and I worked with the Oregon Athletic Commission. Yeah. So I got assigned to Floyd's locker room. So by the time he wraps his hands, he cannot leave my site, including if he has to go to the bathroom. He You're either, an official Yeah, that's fight? right. I got the official, I got the badge, which is a directive of the Oregon State Police. Okay. So I'm in the official capacity, and I'm a fighter. I'm an aspiring fighter. This is a big honor for me. Uh, and I get Floyd's locker room. And he cannot leave my... Once he wraps his hands and I and I initial it, even if he wants to go to the bathroom, I either have to cut those off and, and re-put them on or I go with him and Did you and go watch, watch him pee? Yeah. I'm curious he didn't to know actually what do he's it. packing. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't actually do it. That's he sat there the entire time and Guzman's son kept coming to the back and he was giving countdowns. Hey, it's 6.40. You leave the locker room at 6.52. We go live at 7 o'clock. You leave the curtain at 7.03. He was giving him these cues and Floyd would not move and he had a, a room full of kids. The oldest person in this room was 14 years old and they had a ghetto blaster back then and Floyd's telling him, put this disc in, put it on this track and he's like singing along and he was telling these kids how great he was for like an hour. Uh, Casa to... Casa Zoo beat him too, twice. He said that, and he actually only beat him once. It was, But he said Casa Zoo beat him too twice. He was talking about De La Hoya. He was talking about all these things. He finally stood up, and he puts his hands out. And his Uncle Roger pulls his trunks up. And then they warm up, which consisted of Roger really hitting Floyd. I never really saw Floyd do anything. And then he whoo, took a breath after about 40 seconds and did it again. Roger hits him again and whoo, leaves the locker room, stops Sean Bay Mitchell in the fifth round, comes back, gets a check for $4 million, stands up on a, a little... Uh, bench in the locker room and all these four he holds this check up like this and all the kids are clapping and Floyd tells him clap it up y'all and he's got a teammate that's going to go on in a dark match after Floyd's match and he's leaving the locker room and all the guys the cornermen just stayed with Floyd and clapped it up and they had to like run out and try to catch him but it was it was this incredible moment where I saw Floyd because I hear Floyd in a hundred million dollars like man let me tell you for sure he fought Sean Bay Mitchell for four million I was there when he got the paycheck these these numbers you're hearing just aren't true they're just not true Wow. Wait, you don't think that Floyd got the 100? No, it's simply not true. No, they, don't they you even think had, it was a different... I didn't I mean, the hear Sean about... The fight is yeah. such a small fight. For sure. Yeah. yeah. For sure. It didn't even sell out. Yeah. Roy Jones came to it himself, made like an appearance, but yeah, it didn't even sell out. De La Hoya was one, again, fight casual, was when I was interested the first time in a fight, Floyd and yeah. De La Hoya. That was... After Shambay, and that's when it seemed like he came out. I remember he came out wearing a sombrero and the Mexican flag. Like he, then he became the heel, and then I can see exactly like happened with you. 
the money goes up. And yep. Floyd is the greatest boxer ever, sure. according to my friend who knows boxing. So I can see how he starts making crazy money after the fight. I'm not disputing your story, sure. but I can see the money getting crazy oh, after yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, you, like, you'll see reports. You, you mentioned 100 million for Floyd. The reports are 130. He, first off, he's never gotten 100 million for a flight. Not, not even remotely close, but there's reports what? of 130. Wow. There's reports online that Floyd's a billionaire. There's reports that he was the highest paid athlete in this year and this year and this uh, over Christian Ronaldo. You there, think it's bullshit? I know it's, I know it is. And there's public companies they do business with. HBO would be one of them. Find an executive to back the claim. It's never happened and it won't be. And how do you know it's He bullshit? makes very good money. Because I know the fight business. I've been in the fight business my whole life. Mm. I'm a promoter right now. Mm. I, I, was, I, I worked with the commission. I mean, I've been on every single side of this. He but there's a lot of people well, that know the fight business. Why, isn't, why aren't other people mm, discussing it? I you don't sound think like your friend true. right now. No, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> you sound like your what, friend right what now. What is it, Brian? Front row, Brian? Brian. Yeah. 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 He's like, yeah. nah, I calculate everything. Yeah, you right. can only make this much. And Floyd's like, huh, but you don't know. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. well, there, there you go on that. But yeah, if, if you sit and you looked at it, I think that you, you'd come to that conclusion pretty fast. And you did say something I want to take issue with. You said a lot of people know the fight business. Yeah. I don't think you know five people that know the fight business. I don't. Very respectfully. But I don't. I don't think, yeah, there's no one you went to school with. There's no one that you were buddies with. A teacher asked your class, what do you want to be when you grow up? Nobody said, I want to be in the fight business. That's true. Um, there's there's probably there's probably five men alive. So that, if you that, had to guess, that, what no. do you think's the most Floyd ever made in a fight? Oh, I think that Floyd's he's he's probably made about 60, 60 million before in one night, which is which is crazy numbers. Mike Tyson, to put in perspective, when he fought Michael Spinks, that was the biggest fight of all time. When that fight happened. And one got 30 million and one got 29. And that Oof. was back publicly. And Diet Pe Pepsi sponsored that fight. And I mean, some of those numbers were very public, but no, 100 million, 130 million, these just, they just didn't happen. Are they all lying? Like all the top guys? Wouldn't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what they're claiming, but I, I, I know that Floyd is still getting in there as recently as this weekend because he needed the money. And I know that the guy Floyd's that fighting because he needs the money? Doesn't need the money. Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. Why? He think he blew through all of his money? Get the fuck. Yo, well, he blew through a lot of it, but what I'm sharing for you, it wasn't what you thought it was to start with. He blew through it and wasn't making yeah. as much as yeah. he Yeah, they're sensed. claiming he yeah, was doing well. $100 million a fight, and I'm claiming for you he and his whole career has made about $100 million. There's a, there's a very no. You made 8.8 .8 in one night. Yeah. And you're a great fighter, but I'm, I'm looking at Floyd, and I'm like, yeah. you know, Floyd had this long career. I could imagine him making more than $100 million. Yeah. Floyd is a household name. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I know I know people say that. I I I understand that. Nah, Floyd, Floyd was not Muhammad Ali, and Floyd wasn't Mike Tyson. Like eight point eight in one night. I'm like, I think Floyd could do a bunch of those. No, I, I got it. I got it. I know people think he made one hundred and thirty in a night. I'm sharing with you, he didn't. Huh? Yeah. And no boxer has. No boxer's ever made one hundred and thirty million in one night. This is silly. I think they even claim more than that. Yeah. I think they claim when Floyd fought. What was the biggest one? Was it Pacquiao? Yeah. Now, Canelo wasn't that big yet because Canelo was younger, no, but it, maybe Pacquiao. it was Pacquiao. He whipped Canelo, by the way. Oh, Remember that? I was at that fight. Yes. Again, and Canelo was supposed to be too young, yeah. and then it was, oh, he's, he's too young. No, Floyd right? was too good. Yeah. I I don't, again, I don't know much boxing, but that was the most impressive fight I've ever seen uh, was Floyd dude. in that match. I mean, he yeah. probably won According 10 to, rounds. I mean, again, I guess this is to your point. A Google search from Sports Kita or whatever is saying that $250 million against Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. Oh, you, you say, say no way. No fighter in history of the world. I can't. <laughs> I mean, it's a comical number to say. Uh, that's a comical number. A quarter billion dollars to go and box? Yeah. From where would he possibly have gotten that money? I mean, it's just pay-per-view buys, right? If you do three million pay-per-view buys, that's $60 sure. a buy. 
275 million, well, according to be... Forbes. Is Forbes not? I'm actually asking, is Forbes not reputable? For, Forbes is not reputable on this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 <laughs> not, not, not on this. No, no, no. They have no way to know. Yeah. That, right. That's all they're I'm just, sharing for you. All, yeah, yeah. I'm sharing for you that they wouldn't, they wouldn't have a way to know. Yeah. And there's no fact-checking body that yeah. like covers what the, yeah. what the a publicists are saying. And that's more what my point is to you right now is, is not only is Forbes not reputable, Forbes is yeah. going on the information that, that they have, but yeah, there's nobody that would, would back those claims. Nobody. There's no exec anywhere that is backing these claims. Okay, I believe you, I believe yeah. you. All right, guys, we're gonna take a break for a second because we need to get healthy. Simple as that. We need to get healthy and we can do it simply. We can get those vitamins, we can get those minerals, we can get those nutrients in our body in a simple way. And Athletic Greens is gonna help us do that. I started taking AG1 because I hated taking pills, vitamins, and all this other nonsense, okay? But I still wanted the supplements that are gonna make me feel good. And if they can taste great, even better. This is the best option for easy, optimal nutrition out there. You take literally one scoop of AG1 when you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens, all of it, they're gonna help you start your day right. It's sustainable routines like this that are key, okay? AG1, my micro habit, that makes it easy to absorb the key nutrients, lead a healthy lifestyle, and feel my best no matter what the day holds. It's one scoop, one minute, once a day, every day. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. So right now, we're going to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com flagrant. Okay, again, that is athleticgreens.com flagrant to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now let's get back to the show. All right, guys, we're gonna take a break for a second because there's something that you need to help complete an amazing date, an unbelievable vacation, an unreal weekend out of the city, and that is hard dick. Hard dick is what's gonna make that vacation fantastic. Yeah, you can go to the Coliseum, okay? Yeah, you can go to the Maldives, all right? But if that little shack hotel on the water isn't rocking at night with hard dick, if you're not making those pylons shake in the sand with hard dick, is it even a vacation? It's gonna be forgotten. It's gonna be forgotten. So hard dick is what you need to make sure you deliver on these retreats. It's also there for you at home if you need it too, but Blue Chew has got your back and it's got your girl's back sticky. Blue Chew is actually gonna give you the hardest dick you've ever had. Same active ingredients inside Cialis or Viagra, but this is the chew, the one that we rock with, and they're gonna give it to you for free. All you gotta do is pay $5 shipping. BlueChew.com, promo code flagrant, okay? They're gonna give you a first month free. All you gotta do is pay $5 shipping. That's it for the best dick of your life. You better believe you're gonna go do that right now. Now let's get back to the show. Do you ever miss fucking somebody up? <laughs> no, but I miss I miss the training for it. I miss the preparation. Oh, I miss really? the guys. That I miss structure yeah, the and that camaraderie. Rooms. Do you still, yeah. you, I mean, you still train and stuff, right? Like. Eh, I exercise a little bit. Tra training, training is where you eat, breathe, and sleep. Mm. So, and no, I'll, I'll never train again, but. um. I exercise and, and try to work out a little Spar bit. Spar a little bit? Exhibition? Eh, not really. Some some grappling, some some wrestling around, but not, yeah. not with gloves on. Do you uh, worry about CTE anymore. at all? 
No, um, but I also don't deny it. I used to be a denier. I didn't think it was real. Like okay. when I watched the the movie, the Will Smith movie, and yeah. all that, I, I I didn't think this was a probably real probably just thing. his terrible accent that made you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I had a girlfriend, a uh, girl, comma friend that used to date Junior Seau, and then you know Junior <laughs> tried suicide and then finally got it right, and. Um, <laughs> or a blessing. So, but you know, I kind of yeah, read yeah. that one, and that, yeah. and that had to do with like the CT before. Yeah. Finally yeah. got yeah. it right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think yeah. it was the second time he, yeah. he wrecked a car, and then the second time he, he got it, and, and so we're, yeah. we lost Junior now. And uh, I, I kind of paid attention when that started happening. Yeah, maybe because I knew him, because I knew Nikki or so, something along. You knew those the girl, lines, like, but yeah, was she induced that in any way? Like just no, in she was a perfectly normal No, she was just a Jersey chaser. She was gonna marry somebody that was famous in sports and did. She's married to some guy that like uh, is the head coach of a team somewhere. Oh really? Yeah, I want to say basketball in in Utah. Now, I know you're you're happily married and stuff, but did you have girls just going fucking berserk? <laughs> I don't know about that. Like, um, I don't know that fighting has the, as many. What do they call those? They call those the rats or something, the mat rats. Um, mm. Like there's buckle bunnies and whatnot in yes. rodeo. Chuckle and fuckers yeah. for comedy. Okay, yeah. Are those real? <laughs> nope. Yeah, they're not real <laughs> nope, in MMA either. Real. Yeah. They don't come to, well, who? Yeah. Who are these? Yeah. these? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. They're, what is it? It's just what is it? A bunch, bunch of chicks that look like Vanderlei just kind of showing yeah, up. I guess. Yeah, I guess. I haven't yeah. even seen them. Yeah. Me yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the ones that would get, get, easy get girl. thrown away. Yeah. Easy, easy girl. Yeah. No, it wasn't like that? No, no. It really was not. But now for the superstars, like a guy, you know, um, I'm trying to think, like a guy who's, who's transcended the game, Izzy. Sure. Like, he's got to have tons of groupies, you know? If he wanted to have them, for sure. Yeah. Like, he could... Yeah, there's code speak that the, the cool guys send out all the time. There's code speak on Twitter. Yeah. They're going to a new town. They, they'll send out a tweet for the whole world. To say, but it's a message to get DMs. Oh. And I mean, there, there's a yeah, way yeah, to, like, yeah, go yeah, about yeah, yeah. this. <laughs> Um, Can't wait so, to be yes, in sure. Miami. Any yeah, restaurants yeah. in Tucson? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. And Falling sure. all throats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's what a virgin I am. I used yeah. to do that and really want to know the restaurants. <laughs> so girls trying to suck your dick, you're like, whoa, this is a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? So what, what happens with the uh, Izzy uh, Predator fight? What do you think about that? Mm, well, I mean, that's another confusing one, like, these guys didn't ask to fight. They did not. There is nothing in this rematch that is a commonality with other rematches. These guys are not trying to fight. And in fact, the closest they got is Piera got asked by Ariel, and Piera said, I don't want to fight him. I came here to beat him. I came here to yeah. stop him. I came here to show the world, but I've done those things. Give me a moment. I'll leave the division. He can then take back over me. He, he, he did the reverse of trying to fight him and then said, but he did do me this favor and I will return it. If he wants to fight me, I'll fight him. But that was a demotion and Izzy never stepped forward and said he wanted to fight. And then all of a sudden one day it gets announced. And, you know, if you're in my spot, you are kind of shaking your head going, what, what are we doing here? Well, uh, Izzy was always saying he wants it back. I think he like, came here and said Like, I get you. the yeah. point that, I get the point that we're going to give Izzy a chance to be, but what if Izzy does? Then we got to give him another rematch. Yeah. Oh, we That'll make the Pareto fifth another. time these guys have fought. Like, at mm. some point, this is getting weird if they're not asking to fight. I've never seen Izzy do that. You guys, please correct me if I'm wrong. I've seen him be a man when somebody's asking about it. Oh, of course, I'd like that rematch. I'd like to. He, he never demanded a spot on the show and said, hey, before we get going, I want a rematch. I've never seen him do that. He came on he here and he said he, he wants it. Okay. He came right after the fight. Yep. But, uh, but you seem to not. Uh, well, I'm, I'm forward. I'm, I'm just suggesting for you there's not a lot of commonalities to other rematches. And moreover, what do we do if Izzy wins? 
If gotcha. Izzy beats him, do what do we do? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Separate. I mean, at some point, these guys have got to say to hell. This was Volkanovsky's problem. Yeah. Volkanovsky didn't Love burn him. his boats, right? <laughs> He, he didn't burnish, he stayed champion at 145. He knew I can go back. If this doesn't go well, I can return. And if Volkanovsky would have said, no, take the belt. I'm done and I'm not going back. This is where I'm going. I'm burning my boats. No way home. Yeah. He would have beaten Islam. And it's the same problem that Izzy had when he went to 205. He didn't let the belt go, so he knew he could return home. And I just share that for you. If we're going to just keep matching Pierre and Izzy, there's no point to it. They both need to come out, and Dana, all three of them need to come out and make it perfectly clear to the world, this is for keeps. This is for keeps. I don't care if you've beaten him four times, five times, mm. knocked him out twice. I don't care if it's 100 apiece. Mm. This is the one. Mm. April 14th, all the more. I will never book this fight again. Do you understand me? He has to do that. Oh, wow. But what are we doing here? Interesting. We're just going to keep having these guys yeah. fight. You want the stakes. You need scarcity. Yeah. I just don't know yeah. why. What do we do if Izzy beats him? Yeah. You can't not have the third match. That and if you have a fight. third match, goddamn, nobody asked for the second match. Yeah. Well, I think they people just are interested in the second I, I one. Because, sure. Because I think the fight, you had Izzy winning the fight. For sure. You know, I think that that was easy, clear victory, yeah. and then he gets caught. For sure. And that's what heavy-handed people do. Yeah. They catch people. But still. It's the second time, though. That's right. I mean, that he got, That's he got right. caught. Yeah, yeah. Because some guys, there's an urgency, right? Yeah, the urgency turned yeah. on in that fifth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, which appears to, it, it appears now that he's done it two times in a row, three times altogether, it appears for Piera that he operates best when the barn's in sight, when he has an urgency. You mm -hmm. know, it's very scary to see him turn to Glover Teixeira and do the math. Hey, this is the fifth round. I'm down by four, right? Okay, I must knock him out. That was a very chilling thing. I've gone into fifth rounds before, and I mean, I'm so exhausted, I could never have a conversation. If my mm -hmm. coach was talking to me, I wouldn't have been able to hear you. I mean, yeah. it, it, you were so tired out there. And then he walked him down, and this wasn't like a Michael Moore and, and George Foreman yeah, situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he walked him down, boom, 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 yeah. and found these shots. It was scary, but it, it, it just lends more to my point that he had an urgency. He knew this was it. It's the mm. second time. It's the way that he works. And Izzy now needs to have that same urgency. And mm. Dana needs to step in and help this. This is it. I don't care if they've gone five times. I don't care if I don't care what the score is. This is it. Until you have that, you're just going to have Volkanovsky and Islam again, where you get a guy that goes out and he overperforms, but he can go back home anyway, which he planned to do mm. from the time that he signed this contract. There's no urgency. That's just human nature. You ever been afraid of somebody? Yes. Who? Afraid of somebody. Um, well, I mean, I, I have my pride. I don't. I don't know if if being afraid of somebody would have ever stopped me from from going through with it. But there's there's been some times when I've left the locker room and known I was a, a lamb. Yeah, going really? to slaughter. Yeah. Can Ooh. you name who? I did. I did not. Uh, I did not think I was going to be John Jones the night that I fought John. Just, and you, just except for, for the example. fight anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that was just a hard one. Where I just watched him and go, man, that guy's good. And. It was okay to look up to John. It was okay to admire John because I was in a different weight class. I was an 85 pounder. He was a 205 pounder. I'm 32 years old. He's 19. I'm never going to see this guy. So to sit and admire and see some of this, see him catch legs and spin to elbows, see him come to uppercuts and to flying knees and, and then go and try to copy and emulate that stuff, I was safe because I'm never going to have to deal with him. All of a sudden, I'm a 205 pounder. They got me in a world title fight. And here we are on the Ultimate Fighter. Now I'm walking out to fight John. And, um, so I mean, it's it just it is it is one of those spots. I I fought Fedor one time, and you know, I remember that. my confidence was a little bit lower. And then what does that? Yeah, what does that feel like? You're going to this fight that you think you may lose. Yeah. You're, you're leaning into that loss. Oh like, yeah, or you you know whether it's the loss or not, you you know for sure there's going to be a painful experience, right? Like you're thinking about the actual pain. Yeah. Well, no, no matter who gets their hand raised, this is going to be a painful experience. Hmm. You know, there's going to be a long, 
painful experience. Let's get this started. And how do you get your brain Somebody to say accept go. that? Yeah. I don't know. Those things, they, 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 they never would have been a reason for me not to do it. <clears throat> Failure. Whatever it was in life, I, I never, I never would, would not do it for fearing that I was going to fail. I, I told you, I, I never win anything with very much confidence, <clears throat> but I can't really think of very many things in life like that. I really can't. I think that's a bully's mentality, to only do something that you know you can conquer or yeah. fight people that you know you can beat up. Or I, I, I've never understood that. I, 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 that's part of the draw for me. Some people that would turn off failure or you're going to get beat up, that would, that would turn me on. I would be more attracted to, to try it then. And was there anybody that you went in thinking that same feeling, right? You're like, I, I, this is going to be a tough night. I don't know if I'm going to, I'm going to win this one. And then you got in there and you pulled it off. Yes. And who was that? Yes. Uh, the, the night I wanted to leave a locker room the least was uh, we were in Houston, Texas, and it was against Brian Stan, and he was in the ring waiting for me. He was in the ring. He he just come off knocking out three guys. I just come off a suspension for a plethora of banned substances. <laughs> and, and I remember when when they pull the curtain, that camera's gonna and it's got. I gotta go. Yeah. And I just remember, the, please don't, please don't. You have you having fantasies that somebody pulls the fire alarm and the whole building gets hmm. clawed, or somebody calls in a bomb threat. Like you have, you're having these yeah. really weird. And they pull that curtain. Your music hits, and you got to put that face on and go. Oh, fuck. And but I remember thinking that in that moment, if I can get through, the, I'm frozen in place. I do not if. I I can get through this. I can get through any moment. I can make any walk ever this if I can get through tonight. First time clean? Oh, I wasn't clean. Oh, heaven's sakes. Um, <laughs> so you just did the suspension? Oh, yeah. And then oh, no, you they just tricked me. Juicing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they tricked me. It, it used to be an IQ test. You used to know when the test was going to be. Then they come out with something called out of competition testing. What is they this? just show up to, what is this? Yeah. This isn't within the rules. Yeah. This is not within the protocol. I'm trying to cheat within the rules. Yeah. That's right. It's I was sport, trying to yeah. cheat within the rules. Yeah. That's right. You're trying to make it's it vulnerable. vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. they go, performance enhancing, those are positive. Terms. Then they call yeah. it drug at the end to make a name. It's it's yeah. medicine, right? Yeah. This is legal and appropriate medicine that does make you better. All medicine makes you better, or it's not medicine. Like I would yeah. never go to a doctor and go, Doc, I feel great. Can you bring me down a notch? Yeah. Of course it's <laughs> to make you better. And they said that to me. I was in a commission hearing and they said, Did you know that this could give you an advantage? I said, guys, I wanted to have taken it. If I didn't <laughs> think it would give me an advantage. And they sat there, they were they were dumbfounded. They couldn't yeah. believe this response. Like, well, I can't believe your questions. Of mm. course, of course it's meant to make you better. And how, how good so, how good is it? Oh, it's great. Like like what is it? Because a lot of people I think look at this and they go, okay, and maybe it makes you stronger. Uh huh. But it's not going to make your chin last longer, yep. and it's not going to make your punches sharper, and it's yep. not going to make you learn jujitsu. True. So yes, it gives you an advantage. But can you explain the type of advantage? Well, sh strength is huge, but you know the, the the training for that sport is so difficult. I used to wake up every single oh, day depressed. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, oh, I would okay, literally okay, wake okay. up depressed knowing what I have to do today before I can get back into bed. Uh, and I mean, okay, it was okay. most defeated feeling. I would go to bed some nights where I could barely get into bed. I'd wake up the next morning. And that was a distant memory. Yeah, the recovery was incredible. Hmm. And then guys try to do that as a badge of honor. Well, I only took it so I could train hard, which then you're complimenting yourself because yeah. I was just <laughs> such a hard worker. It's like, well, there is, there is a little bit of a truth to that, but uh, yeah, bigger, stronger, faster in that order. But they got some performance enhancers. Like, if the world understood what LeBron did, like other basketball players will hear what LeBron does and go, well, well yeah, but that doesn't matter, right? You're, it's like a baseball player and you're hitting a stick out of the way. It doesn't matter. It's like, no, no, if you knew what these performance answers did, then you would know why it does matter. What you do know, you there's think he's there's doing? There's only one, we have, we have the same drug guy, if you will. I know exactly what he's doing. But there's only one golfer. Please tell. There's only one golfer. I'm not going to, but there's, there's only one golfer that, follows the big three. And the big three is EPO, growth hormone, testosterone. That's the Lance Armstrong diet. There's one golfer. 
but it's Tiger Woods. Like, yes, it does matter. People will say it all the time, it doesn't matter, John Daly won it. It's like, it, it matters, trust me that it matters. EPO matters, it's the reason LeBron takes it. It matters. Hmm. And if other basketball has understood what, what it do? did, EPO increases your red blood cells, which gives you endurance so you can play all game long. You can shoot in the fourth more quarter red blood just cells, like you more shot oxygen the fourth in your red yes. blood cells. Okay, yes. got you. Got you. It, it's the king of performance enhancers. So you would prefer that, especially in a fight sport, to anything else? EPO is king. Because it's going to give you the stamina. Yes. That's uh, oh, that's why bicycle. That's why cyclists do it. That's why cyclists Tour de France is so that fifth round energy is the more human important. body is not made to do the Tour de France. I mean, yeah. the people that set that up are inhumane. So yeah. of course you have <laughs> yeah, to go. Yeah. Of course it's supernatural people that you you're they're forcing them to take. Now that you're not competing, to take are you still on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, t so testosterone, mm. and it's all around testosterone. So you can just take straight testosterone. I'm currently taking something called HCG which is human uh, chlorionic gynotropin, but it just ups your natural, it's all about testosterone. Is that a peptide? No, no, no. Oh, are you gonna start peptides? I'm gonna start peptides. I've been reading about those, I don't know. I will get into them, I mean, I'm into learning about them. That's too. what I hear the Hollywood guys are yeah. all on. Me too, say, say I'm gonna do the same, peptides. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm hearing about them. Yeah, I'm hearing about them. I just don't know if they're as good as the, as, as the regular stuff. Like, why take a peptide if you could just get growth hormone or if you could just Yeah, get, go to the source. Yeah, if you could just get testosterone. I'm a little confused on that. And do you worry about affecting your nuts at all? <sighs> no, well, and, and so again, you're talking about use versus abuse. Like, um, I've never heard a doctor, and that's an open statement. You can go to the, the, the same Forbes that's telling you that Floyd made 250 million. Come on, man, you're not that foolish, are you? Come on, 250. It's just, I'm, I'm being serious, it's just okay. a number after a certain yeah. point. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you, but who's putting that on? I mean, yeah. who is the guy that put, if he made 250, what did this guy put on that brought the whole thing together? Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is insane. Here's what I would share with you, though. And I've completely forgot no, what you're talking about. No, you are talking about Forbes. <laughs> the same Forbes would talk about. Thank you very use, much. Thank you very much. Because this is a challenge. I'm going to make a big challenge here. But I've never seen a doctor. Any doctor you go to the internet yeah. will tell you that steroids are bad or that performance enhancers are bad. It's abuse. Mm. Abuse, we're having a totally different conversation. I would be an advocate for testosterone use. But testosterone abuse, and that's the problem with human nature. Here you're supposed to have two. Well, if I should have two, four is better, I'll take nine. Mm. That's the problem, you send somebody home with it. Yeah, which yeah. is why most of the, the, these hormone labs, you've got to come in every week. I'll give you the shot myself, I can't trust you. Oh, if I give it to you, yeah. you're gonna be banging That's right, I can't trust you to go home and, and take this appropriately. Um, mm. Listen, we, you know, we know that you're a busy man, you gotta fly, we gotta talk about Bellator 291. Oh man, what do you think about that? Can I, think, I set this I think up? Can I set to, this up? Yeah, I think yeah, you need to I set this up to people. That's, that's your camera Thank right you there. Guys. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, but, but for you guys, so here's one thing they don't do in our sport. And <laughs> yeah. I, I did, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna name drop, but Layla Ali. Yeah. I got to interview Layla Ali one time. Yeah. I did the Celebrity Apprentice with her. Yeah. She comes to the hotel and I, I get an interview. I got to talk about Rhonda a little bit, but that was a big deal at the time. But one thing that Layla said is she said, I wish I would have done the Olympics. The reason she had is she was a multiple time world champion and she retired at like 28 and oh, I'm making numbers up. But it's something like this. And she said, but in my heart, I never felt it. I knew what my mm. promoter was doing. I knew that I was training my ass off and they were grabbing a girl from the bar or that they were grabbing a girl from the local club that uh, they were kids. building her up. Yeah, I yeah. knew that I was training the way that my father had taught me to do and this girl had only sparred once in her life. And so I'm knocking these girls out. And she said, if I would have gone through the Olympics, that would have set an architecture where I would know I was the best. And that's one thing we don't have in this sport of MMA and boxing. We don't have a competitive architecture in place. Mm. So Scott Coker, 
is the only promoter really with the guts to hold a tournament. It's not about the fight that he thinks the biggest or who's gonna run their mouth or who can get the most media or who can politic. You all, you eight guys say that you're the best. So I'm gonna put you eight in a tournament. We'll start in the quarterfinals, straight line bracket. Winner gets the belt, winner gets the main event, winner gets a million dollars. And the eight baddest dudes step forward. He got four guys that are former world champions to step forward. One guy just got pulled out of a tournament named Sidney Outlaw. They put Brent Primus in, who's a former world champion. So now they got five world champions, not to mention the favorite. So they got five world champions, and none of them are the favorite are supposed to win it. McKee's supposed to win the whole thing. But we're going to start this off. We got Usman versus Benson Henderson, the UFC champion. Usman is Khabib's cousin, undefeated, 16-0, reigning champion. I know I'm jumping around, but there's a lot of moving parts here. And I think for any promoter, Scott Coker is the one in this case, that has the courage to put a straight-line bracket and bring an actual architecture. It's not about who talks the best. It's not who's got the fanciest promoter behind the scenes. You eight guys hmm. start in the quarterfinal play this thing through till we're done and one of you gets the belt at a million bucks and they're going to start on March 10th. And look, guys, if you're betting on this weekend's Bellator fights or if you're betting on absolutely everything, you know that you're using betonline.ag. You already know if you're watching this podcast, you listen to this podcast, that's the one that we rock with. It's plain and simple and I'm going to tell you exactly why. Because they're going to match 50% of your initial deposit bonus up to $1,000. That means you put up into a G in there. If you put the G, you're getting $500 extra to gamble with. Why would you not do that? If you're already gambling, why don't you take free money to gamble? This is an absolute no-brainer. BetOnline.ag. Make sure if you're throwing down while you're watching some dudes throw down, it's with BetOnline.ag. And make sure you use that promo code flagrant to get that extra free cash. Now let's get back to the show. So the story is the million bucks. Story is the million bucks and the title. Title, <laughs> but yeah, the million well, the is wine. exciting, right? That's like, the why. Yes, yes, but is. I'm just trying to understand if we're going by. <laughs> it was just something so authentic. It was just something so sincere, <laughs> so sincere about the way your your face. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But so the story. So back to so the story is the million. I'm just trying yeah. to put it through the chael on and no, you know, it's true. Face heel. It's true. Story arc here. The why. The why. Yeah, yeah because I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. And it, it makes sense because I think that, was it the PFL did like a million dollar tournament yep. thing? I paid attention. Sure. I'm like, wait, there's a million dollars on the line. And for me, the million dollars changes someone's life. For sure. That's what a million does, yep. right? It's like, okay, there are these guys that they're struggling, they're fighting for how much money, who fucking knows? And ideally, they don't play up how rich they are because the more rich they seem mm -hmm. in the promo towards the million, yep. the more useless the million seems. For sure. But if all these guys are working at Home Depot and then come out afterwards and they can barely make their car payments and all of a sudden million dollars, yep. I mean, you see what happens at the UFC when they give them the $50,000 bonuses and the people start to cry, oh, I can move my family to where I live. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So the million I love but how do we get people to be into each one of those characters? Yeah. How, how do you do it? Yeah. Well, that, that's an interesting thing. I mean, you, you bring up a really good point, but it, one thing to look forward to is just that, you know, it really is chestnut checker. So when one guy gets done in the quarterfinals, he knows who's next. And if he doesn't, he at least knows what fight. Yeah. So now he's got a rough idea of, of also when, of when this fight's gonna be, I'm gonna be sitting in the front row and, and where this is gonna go. And I gotta be part of a tournament. I will tell you, it, it is very different from a competitor standpoint. When you know who you've got. Wait, it's not the same day. No, it's not the same day. Okay, I've yeah. done those though. That's I mean, a, way back. That's yeah. crazy. They used to do eight man in, Isn't in that one day. Fucking absurd. By the time I came crazy. along, it was it was four man, and then you know 
We went down to. I mean, no at the end, but, aren't your hands oh just God. destroyed? So sore. so sore, so tired. I've only got. I've had two four man tournaments. So 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 two guys in one day. And I would say yes. The next day was just amongst the when you feel it the most amongst your. And now I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't yeah. even. That was normal back then. I Isn't mean, my, my mother and father took me to the airport, and like you know, put me on the plane with a kiss on the cheek, <laughs> and you know, I'm calling them from a payphone and tell them how I did it. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine agreeing to fight two men in one night, or like Hoist Gracie did with three. But anyway, that's the point of the tournament. That's the whole point of the Grand Prix is it's a straight line bracket. There, yeah. There's no politics. We, Coker's got eight guys that claim they're the best. Well, they're all going to get the same chance. Who do you think you, uh, who, do you who do you got? Usman has never lost, or rather Nurmagomedov has never lost. Yeah. Um, I think you have to look at that. But uh, I mean, to count on AJ McKee, I watched AJ McKee beat Darren Caldwell in less than a minute. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and those aren't even, you know, Britt Primus is my own teammate. And so, you know, I mean, there, there's a few guys, I guess I, I, I got to watch my tongue a little bit, but it's, uh, I mean, it's stacked, man. I'll yeah. be the last guy to count Benson Henderson now. He's a world yeah. champion. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame someday. Of course. Now, do you think that the Dagestanis are, are, are juicing? No, no. Um, what do you make of the Islam uh, IV situation? Eh, that's a sticky rule. I mean, it, it, would, it would be a lot to answer that question. That is a sticky rule with USANA, and Islam had the legal right to use an IV. The question is... What went in the IV? That's right. That's right. And how many milligrams he used. And, um, yeah. Because they would have tested for what went in, yeah. and that would have showed up. Yeah. But they can't test for how much water was ingested, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, it gets a little bit more complex uh, in terms of the assay and, and, and the science on that. I think that Islam's stance right now is is to not even comment Seems that he like did it. IV. Um, I, I don't think he's wrong to do that. He did IV, and I and I don't add him to talk behind. School. But you know, you're fighting with your clothes off, and you you can we we can take photos and zoom in on that. Yeah. He did IV, but but I'll just share with the world that it, it, that doesn't mean it was a violation. Even yeah. if it was a violation, whoever this nurse is that spoke up, I mean, shame on her. What yeah. a, what a big mouth! You do that in America, they take your license away. I mean, you got HIPAA and all sorts of other stuff. This, oh, this girl wow. goes to his hotel, she gets, she juices him, and then she goes and tells the other camp when he flies out of town. That was a scumbag move. I mean, she's acting like she is the hero of the story and the whistle. Blower, she's a scumbag. Well, she hasn't come forward, right? She's not acting like anything because she's kind of she's. Right? But she shared information. Yeah, she came she's forward to share information. Yeah. And what is that? That's hip. There's a HIPAA law that there's says HIPAA in America. They uh, did this over in Perth. I have the foggiest idea what the rules are. But in America, yeah, she would have violated his rights. Mm -hmm. Definitely would have. Mm -hmm. And he might have disclosed it to Asada. We also don't have information that he didn't do that. And on top of that, and then it's the milligram. I mean, there, there's a lot that goes into this. And, and the only reason I say that is there's not going to be an investigation. There's there's no smoke here. Yeah. He, there, this isn't an ongoing story. If he wants to make this dramatic by saying he didn't do it and having other people zoom in and see the vein and see that he did, then more more power to him. But he's not in violation of anything. Right. And if you want to know who's the skunk of this story, it's the woman that went to the room, took the money, and outed him the next day. Mm, kind of a yeah. move is that? I mean, how dumb would you have to be to be on Islam's team and do something illegal in a foreign country with some random nurse? And then wear a sure. short sleeve shirt the next and day then, at yeah, the press Yeah, like, I don't know. It just seems so... In it, the home country of the guy you're fighting. Yeah, yeah it, like, it seems... It almost seems as if, like, either they didn't know they couldn't add liquid up to X amount or they did it up to the legal Right, because it's so blatant. It's so blatant.
Yeah. Sure. And it's so easily discredited. It's not only you, but like now you go into Khabib's legacy. I mean, there is a dominance from the Dagestanis, yeah, and people sure. are looking for a reason why. For sure. They're, they're asking the question I asked you immediately, which was, are they on steroids? Why are they so good? What's so different about mm -hmm. these guys? They're looking for cheating. And it seems sure. like they have an internal honor that I can't imagine they'd want to disrupt yeah. that for mm -hmm. the teammates. Yeah. It just seems like a very loose situation. Take your own IV person. Yeah. If he was overhydrated, yeah. how much has that changed the outcome of the match? How much did that have to do with him winning? In my opinion, as a guy that's tried every performance in it, not much. I mean, Iveen doesn't do much. Lance Armstrong, when he beat all the tests, and don't forget, Lance never failed a test. He just confessed to Oprah, right? He just bitched out and said that he did it. He never actually <laughs> failed a test. But the way Lance would beat those tests is he would IV. So you, you would, Oh, you IV it out of yeah, your system. Yeah, so you'd IV it right out of his system. And it'll flush it fast. I'm talking about a few hours. It will wow. be flushed and you will pass any test. So you can get a call that day and be like, yeah. no problem. Oh, yeah. so they caught him for the IV, not the tests? Yeah. They never uh, cut Lance for for he he outed that he did EPO that he did growth that he did testosterone but he still hasn't told the world how he did it. I can tell you how he did, but he hasn't told the world. But he told the world how he didn't get caught and he didn't get caught because he would flush it with an IV. So Usada comes out. They're worried that people know this. People didn't know it. That's a mistake mm. that people we actually didn't know. Usada huh. smartened us of how to beat them. But then they tried to claim that they could test plastic particles and we'll know if you IV'd over this and that part. They're they're bluffing. Mm, they so can't. when you get people, no, they can't. Now, if you say, yes, I used an IV. Well, you can only up, use up to 30 milligrams. Great, then I used 29. Hmm. They, that, they, no, they don't know if you put in 60. They don't know oh. if you put in 200. They don't, they don't know what you put. They claim that they know, but they, they don't. Hmm. So basically, any fighter can beat a drug test. Yes. Any, well, any athlete. Any athlete, yeah. It's a little bit more complicated, but but yes, there, there's some big problems with the, with the IV. Not to mention, you. let's use IV, and I'm making numbers up, but it's 30. You can you can have 30 ml. Well, I can do 30 ml, take it out, and put 30 ml in this arm. Then I can go back and put another 30 in this arm. The way that the rule is written, I can only have 30 at a time. Well, what's a time? A minute, a day, <laughs> yeah. a session. Oh wow! Every time this nurse comes in my room, what is a time? And that's never been challenged, but it hasn't been challenged, and they haven't collected the language because Usada doesn't know what to do. They don't know what to do because they can't catch you. So yes, they oh, told the world how to beat them. And do you think most pro athletes are doing this, even outside of the UFC and not fight most, sports? Not most pro athletes. Like if you go into an NFL locker room, yes, yes. I mean, they, they look ridiculous. Um, but no, I don't. I don't think most pro athletes. No, very few in basketball. I mean, it's why I bring LeBron up. Like, there's very few in basketball. There's only one that I know of in, in uh, you know, golf. golf. But mm -hmm. it, it works. Was my only point. It wasn't to embarrass LeBron. Mm -hmm. If you didn't fight, great question. Could you be successful in politics? Oh yeah, yeah, almost definitely. Yes, I, I'm going to run for governor. Right? Yeah. yeah, I'm going to run for governor in Oregon, eventually. So, so sooner rather than later. I would have you already would ran by now, but I, I got in I got politics. I got caught up. Got yeah, caught up. you got your little situation. Yeah, my situation. Yeah. yeah so yeah. so we, 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 we rob banks in case is that were we avoiding saying oh, that? Wow. I used to rob banks. Oh wow. Yeah. I was pretty good at it. Really? Yeah, it was pretty good. How much money? I did fifteen point eight point eight million. Eight point eight. Allegedly, I mean that's yeah. that's what they allege. That's what Forbes said. Yeah. 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 <laughs> according, to, according to Forbes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I got I got distracted there, but yes, I would I would like uh, politics are fun. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy politics. You would be terrifying in politics. Thank you. You'd yeah. also be like a great handler in politics. Go on. Like you could take a guy mm. who's kind of an empty vessel, mm. and you can fill him Kissinger with rhetoric. Vibes over here. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. You could chess piece because I think that's what I'm learning. Like the the kind of older I get, and maybe the more this is going to sound crude, but it's not meant to be like that. But like the more money I get, I talk to people who have like real money, and the way they talk about politicians is like they're just 
pawns. Sure. And I don't see you as someone who wants to be kind of moved around a chessboard for sure. a few billionaires. Sure. I, I don't see that. It doesn't seem like that's what you would aspire to be. Yeah. Politically. Yeah. And, and they're right. They are. I mean, I know what you mean. I so, write those same checks every election cycle, but it's it's for access. Yeah, and I've needed it plenty of times, and yeah. I've made plenty of phone calls. And yeah. Okay, so there's certain guys, they're just the empty vessel, and they right. can communicate really well. You yeah. just give them the words, and they get it out there, yes. and it works. Hmm. Have you ever thought about grabbing up one of those guys? Really? Oh, sorry. sorry about that. No, I, I like to participate. I go when those fundraisers come to town. Kevin McCarthy was just in town, just by example. Um, so I have fun. Like I, I like, I like that world. But uh, most people don't. They find it boring. But I find, I, I think politics are interesting. I've never seen a football game. I've never seen a basketball game. My uncle won an Olympic championship for this country in basketball and two NBA championships, and I've never seen a basketball game, and it drives him crazy. Who's yeah. your uncle? Mel Counts. Okay. Uh, Olympics in 64 in Tokyo, uh, yeah. one for the Celtics in 65 and in 67. But um, it, I've never seen it, but I've seen every political debate there is. I've mm. seen every presidential debate, primary <laughs> debates. I've Who's seen the best? Senator debates. It would come down, I, I mean, if you wanted to have a real face-off between uh, Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, that would be something very Oof, special. But 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 Trump can go head-to-head -head with any of them. Oh, I think yeah. Trump washes all of them on the mudslinging. Yeah. It's, the question is, what are they going to do with the mudslinging? How do you neutralize the mudslinging? I, I saw Clinton do something once that was really impressive. He had, like, some people that were boycotting his, it was a speech or something like that. Just some people like ran into a room, started boycotting, and he was trying to answer what they were saying. And he said one line, he was like, uh, those who don't listen are afraid of the truth. <laughs> and they just shut up. Wow. And yeah. I was like, ooh, that was a bar. He like, was good. He was fucking he was good. good. So like man. remove politics, Democrat, Republican, yeah. I don't give a fuck who you are. Sure. If you're just looking at, like the fight game. Sure. If you're looking at the character they're all playing. Oh yeah. And he was fucking good. Obama was Obama fucking was good, good though. Yeah. He was but, special. But Trump has the Trump has the nuke, yeah. right? He is like he is the overhand right. Yeah, that's what he has. It's like he might not have the skills. He might not have how to do actually the political thing. But if he's on the stage with you, he ruined Jeb Bush's political Life. career. By Life. telling him you have low energy. Yes. It, I've never seen it. And then when like he it. tried to pick up the energy, yeah. it was Jeb, embarrassing. Oh, it was embarrassing. It was, a, yeah. Oh, it yeah. was unbelievable. Okay. No, that was a different way. And I remember Jeb coming out and telling people, and it was this pocketed response because I heard him give it yeah. on eight different networks. And he said, you cannot insult your way to the presidency. And I'm like, you dumb son of a bitch, you sure can. <laughs> he's, he's about to. Yeah. He's in first place, Jeb. Yeah, yeah. You're in eighth place yeah. and you were the front runner. Yes, you can. Were you watching that? Like uh, you watch fighters start to promote. Yes. And how early on did you see the the momentum? When he came down those escalators. Wait, really? When he came down the escalators and oh, he said- Oh, because you knew him from The Apprentice. Well, I knew of him. I was cronies more with, with Junior than yeah. I was uh, of the old man. I'd only met the old man once and it was in passing. I, yeah. I, yell, I was in a mob of people and I yelled. Yeah. And I said, big fan. And he shook my hand and he goes, thank you. But there, you know, there was a hundred other people doing that. You know, that's, I'm, I'm grabbing for, for uh, what he- uh, I'm doing whatever you call it, you know, uh, name dropping. Yeah. But here, here was the thing with him. He came down those escalators and he took to the microphone and Mitt Romney had just gotten beaten. Mitt Romney got beat because he was a phony. Mitt was very rich, but he wanted to pretend he was a man of the yeah, people. Yeah, he yeah. eats KFC and he watches NASCAR. I mean, he, yeah. he really ran from the money and Obama used it against him. He's like, I don't have anything. I'm just like all of you. I went to community college. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and I, it's like, well, that's weird. You know, Mitt. Yeah, that's it should always be something yeah. you should aspire to. And Trump, as part of his opening day, said, 
uh, I'm not gonna take any money, I'm gonna fund it myself, I'm really rich, I will tell you that. But I remember when he did that, I remember when he claimed I'm really rich, it's exactly what buried the Republican that came before him. He was rich and couldn't admit it, and Trump went right for it. I'm gonna call it out right now. I am really rich, I will tell you that. Yes, he was even, even accused of embellishing his wealth. I mean, he went for it so hard, yeah, he went so to everything. That's so funny. Instead of saying, here's this rich guy, he can't relate to you, yeah. people start going, yeah. well, he's not that rich. He's not even that rich. Show your tax returns. Whoa. You're not even that rich. It was the exact opposite. They and I, I saw the power going, oh of his wealth, yeah. and they tried to reduce it by questioning it mm -hmm. instead of ostracizing him for being just 100%. one of the rich elites. Yeah. Interesting. Which coming on the heels of Mitt Romney, which a lot of people want to know, but I, I follow politics. It was just, it was so different. I was like, oh my gosh, he, he, he gets it and, and he's going to win. Jesse Ventura, when he ran, you know, Jesse, Jesse Ventura is nothing short of a kook. And he ran out in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> but, he, but he, yeah, he's nothing short of a kook. You I mean, he's right, go he's, against this guy yeah, he's a freak. in a political debate. But I would steal a lot of what Jesse Ventura did. I mean, on opening day out in Minnesota, I mean, yeah, this Jesse is won. He, he won, and he comes out and he says, he says, yeah, I've used cocaine, I've gotten prostitutes, and I'm running for governor who's got the first question. And I remember sitting there going, son of a bitch, that was yeah. amazing. Mm -hmm. And it did, it was an eight mile. Eight That's mile. the Eminem eight mile thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, I, I, but I, I would see myself as that same regard. I'm gonna come out just like Ventura, just like Trump, Say I'm gonna come right with it. And they even asked Ventura, and this was another great thing that he did. They asked him, because don't forget, a politician can only do two things. They can regulate and tax. Like you'll see politicians say, I'm gonna create jobs. Like you can only regulate and tax. It's the only two functions you have. And neither regulation nor taxation is good for job growth. So it's just a really dumb thing to say that you're gonna create jobs. But they do make the claim, and I will share for you, they asked Ventura, what are you gonna do? And they were in a law library, which is just stacked with books. And, and nobody knows what's even in all those books. And Ventura said, don't you think we have enough rules? He said, I'm gonna take a few of those books off the shelf and I'm gonna burn them. I'm gonna get, we need less laws around here. Hmm. And he didn't go in and he didn't reduce any laws or he didn't do anything that he said he was going to do, but it was a great point. Hmm. We do have enough damn rules. We really hmm. don't need anybody going to the state or the, and telling us, more things that we have to do. Yeah, that that really is true. We we do need to lighten it How up. How high up bit. would you aspire to go? As high as you could go, or you'd be happy being a senator or governor? Yeah, maybe a diplomat well, to Brazil. I was going to I was going to run for the presidency. Right? Yeah, as a diplomat to, to Brazil. That's good, that's yeah. funny. I was going to run for the president. Like when I was growing up, on the first day of class, they would they would make you write your name and you write yeah. your, and then you have to say what you want to be when you grow up. And I would always write President of the United States. Wow. Wow. You know, I wrote that since like third grade on. I remember writing that my senior year in Mr. Derry's class. Every every year I wrote President of the United States. You know what fascinates, so, yeah. yeah. What is that? Oh, I, 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 I do not know at this point. I mean, you know, life came at me in the end. Yeah. Let's say you become My wife governor. is a big fan of politics. It'd be tough as well, a Canadian. She has to go yeah. through it too. Yeah. Also, the Canadian yeah. thing. Yeah. But yeah, she has to go <laughs> through it. That'd be hard, <laughs> yeah, technically. Yeah. Dude, that's a great point. Remember, being born over there. Um, How would you eight mile yourself? Like what yeah, would you, you just, say, what, what's all the things you would say? Oh, well, I mean, mainly stuff that we've already talked about here today. I mean, it, 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 it Yeah, what you just like say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. you say it so eloquently. You know, I mean, that's what it would be. I mean, I would let people, I would remind people that I was, you know, half a Robin Hood, that Robin Hood stole from the rich and gave to the poor, and I stole from the rich and then I kept it. And, you know, they call him a hero and they didn't say that about me, which I think is. Wait, wait, why were you Robin Hood? <laughs> well, he's half Robin Hood. Oh, I used to rob banks. <laughs> I thought you knew that. No. Oh, I used to rob banks, yeah. by the way. Yeah. When I was young, I was 26, you but I, I used to rob banks. Yeah. yeah. Wait, literally? Is this a real thing? Huh? I thought you knew that. You didn't know this? Thank you. Wait, you guys thought he was bullshitting? Yeah. No. Oh, no, I was a very famous bank robber. This is an inf well, uh, infamous. Gangster. Infamous, okay. yeah. Got it. Got it. How do you rob a bank? Yeah. 
That's what got complicated. Okay. That, like yeah. that was really hard for them to know. And, and that's then the tough how part much? Of yeah, like yeah. that's where things got really tough. And so a, a, a deal was made with uh-huh. Chael and the government. A deal was made, and Chael quit robbing banks in exchange <laughs> for he, information. Well, but it was only on myself. Yes, it was only information on myself. Though I know who DB Cooper is, and I was I was no. I tried to to barter with him. You how, they how, weren't interested. How'd you meet DB Cooper? My sister's godfather. My my parents grew up with him. Wow, yeah, he's dead. He passed away. But his wife is back in town. Where did he go? This is all true. I thought you knew these things. I'm sorry. I thought this is why you knew. I thought you knew all these things. Where did D.B. Cooper go? You didn't know I'm a famous gangster? <laughs> you didn't know that? They call me the American bank gangster. Bank, ro- bank robbing is very complicated. I mean, if you put a mask and you go with a gun like some schmuck. I did this with a pen. I never even stepped foot in the bank. Took oh, over really? millions of dollars. These are very bad people, by the way. These are the terrible bankers. people, terrible people. Yeah. They took they took my grandmother's property and tried to say that she refinanced and that she owed it and blah, blah, blah. They yeah. got her to sign. She was at a diminished capacity at best. She was 86 years old. She was a little old widow. They were providing her company. Some, some, some guy, and he brings her papers because they're signed. They t- try to take her farm away. Whoa. And they said that. They told that to my family. When we say she's 86 years old, she never even took the money. Wow. My grandfather had the deed on this long before he died, which was before I was even born. They said, well, she signed for us. They said, oh, that's the game we're playing. So then well, you get said, her to sign. I'm I got pretty good. Getting them to sign. Oh, I got it all back. She yeah. died in that. She died in that farm. Not only did she died in that farm, she had a Cadillac in the garage. That was because of her grandson. Damn. You are gangster. I am gangster. Robin Hood, like I said. Yeah. It was half of a Robin Hood. Yeah. Half of a Robin Hood. Yeah. I still don't know. That's how they signed. I mean, that's why I don't know what's going on. No, this is true. This is real. I read it in Forbes. Yeah. 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 Wow, man. Pretty okay. interesting guy you got here today. Governor Chael. <laughs> Pretty interesting for a Canadian. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you Canucks, man. <laughs> this is wild. Just a book of secrets. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, Chael, um, I'm definitely going to watch you on the way out. I was on probation. <laughs> I met my wife. My wife is freaking hot. You should see this girl. Oh, this is a bomb. Oh, let me this see. Is yeah, just, yeah. This is a, I'm telling you, like let me way, let me see. way let me out see. of my class. Oh. So I meet my wife, and I What's never really What's had a girlfriend. Are you Brit- going through this man's Brit- text? That's Brittany Hottie. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is she in the phone? Yeah. Did she Wait. text me? Yeah. Is that your Careful. phone or his phone? Oh, is that my phone? Yeah, it's your phone. There's uh, probably nothing inappropriate there. You thought I was there. looking at my own phone, might. going well, Brittany Hottie. Look at like, Brittany Hottie. Well, we name yeah. her the same. We. What a coincidence. So that was, oh my God. Uh, they feel like people miss that. That was fire. Just you. I meet this girl. This is like my girlfriend. She thinks I'm a cool guy, yeah. right? She thinks like I'm this, and I don't know why she thinks I'm this cool, but I never really had a girlfriend. I didn't yeah. really know much about women. So, so things are going very well. It's time to meet the parents. So she says this thing, I'm going to meet her parents, and they live in Vancouver. I live in Oregon, but there's just a bridge. There's a little a bridge that separates these two states. Canadian? Yeah, yeah, not not, not uh, that Vancouver. <laughs> Vancouver, well, Washington. Oh, okay, okay. And I'm in Oregon, but there's a bridge. Well, I'm on probation for robbing the banks, mm. so I can't leave the state. I can't go across this bridge without written permission, and, and this is set up for a Sunday. So... The, the, the federal office is closed. I can't go get this. So I can't go meet her parents. So I'm explaining to her, wait a minute. I'm good for the law. I want to meet, but they got to come here. And she's like, no, they've already got it set up and we're going over here and my family goes, around. I said, no, 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 you've got to come over. You have to come over here. Did you have like the so, ankle? No, I didn't like... have that, but I had everything short of that. I mean, a guy that would come over to the house and he'd knock on the door uh, and they'd check, make sure you don't have any guns, you don't have any blow, like stuff like this. Hmm. See who was in the house. And so, but you don't cuss, huh? Quite yeah, and I had to tell her, and I was said, "Well, I can't go." And so I finally had to come clean. I said, "Well, you know, I'm on the probation." 
for, for the bank thing. So she calls her dad and she goes, hey, you gotta come here. And the dad must have said, why? And she goes, he's on probation. And so the dad must have said, I can't hear it. I'm just standing there in front of him. And she goes, what'd you do? And I said, Rob Banks. She goes, robbing banks? She just repeated all. And she was like so young and innocent that she didn't really know what I was saying. And we all went to the lunch. He came anyway. He came anyway. Did he have any questions? <laughs> no, he was fine with it. No questions. I swear to goodness. He actually said to her, cool. He I mean, if there's one fucking... Hmm. And he goes, if there's one felony, it's the coolest crime. It's robbing, yeah, the people that we already feel like we're being robbed Scumbags. by. Yeah. 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 They really were. And the people that robbed him first. Yeah. Probably. They tried to rob your family. Yeah. So you're just getting a get back. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is just the plot of Hell or High Water, but uh, yeah, no, I yeah. like I like. It does feel a lot like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was there but really, I didn't know that yeah. she didn't know. I didn't know that she didn't understand what, pro I didn't know that she didn't even know these words that she was repeating. But wasn't that phone. refreshing? Yeah, oh, it was. She like, was you're so, so sweet. innocent. Yeah, you don't she was know. So nice. You haven't been with bad guys she like didn't me even before. Know. And yeah. her dad literally paused and goes, cool. And they came over and we went and. Can you travel internationally? I can now, at the time I had to have a, and I was supposed to fight Anderson in Brazil, but it was, it's called a once in a lifetime opportunity so you can petition the courts and I did and my right. probation officer, this, this, this evil witch named Eileen Oof, said Eileen. no, <laughs> yeah. she said no. Wow. I had to go over her head to a federal judge <laughs> who wow. said yes, good luck. And then you went over there. Well, they ended up moving the fight to Las Vegas, but it was supposed to be in uh, in, in Rio, in, in Rio. Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, we were gonna yeah. go over there. I had to have a judge, the probation officer said no. Chael, I have no fucking clue if you're telling me the truth. Nine. You gotta go back to Robert no. Right. She was forced to rob into a, a life of crime. You didn't go in with the ski mask or anything like that? No. You like no, found. No, that's, that's poor no. man's work. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. What did you do? They call it money laundering. I don't actually know what that means. If I'm to be fair with you, I don't actually know what money laundering means. <laughs> okay. But apparently I did it. You were, and I did lots okay. of it. Were you doing it for a group, the mafia per se? No, but I got tied to that. They accused me, they accused me of such things. They accused me of terrible uh, things. How they, are you they getting the money to clean? They accused me of a bank, Ugh. and then it was four banks. Oh. What did you then do? it was seven banks. Wow. It turned out to be 11 banks. They Holy started it at 1.8 million, they moved it to 2.6 million, they went to nine something, they settled in at 15.2 million. Like it got very complicated. Then cryptocurrency came into it and they didn't know who had what and then they started checking passports and I had been in a bunch of different countries and it just got really complicated. So then we made a deal. Let's just stop. Everybody stops. Whatever you've done in exchange for whatever you have in motion stops and you go home. Jail time? No, no jail time. No jail time? $10,000 fine. 15.2 million for a $10,000 fine. No but did you have to give back the because money? Because of the Robin Hood. No, $10,000 fine. That you paid with the money you laundered. With the very money I stole. And no one served jail time, no accomplices, <laughs> yeah. no one that you, you worked with. You didn't switch on anybody. How old are you, sorry? No, I have a guy, there was a guy, that there, there were several people that did time. And one guy had told someone in the group that that that, that I had rolled on, but I, I never did. He how, was how old are you? Never rolled on anybody. At the time, I was 26. And now you are? 45. And you were fighting while you were robbing these banks? Yeah. And they had cryptocurrency in 2002, 2003? Mm -hmm. 2008. That's, okay. The math is. And you didn't, you the didn't. Math is, <laughs> the math is not mathing right now. Because y'all make it 31 in 2000. Well, no, I'm telling the story. I, I, know where, I know where your math's at. I, I see the problem with, with what I said. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I didn't say that this is what happened. I said this is what they were accusing me of. I'm not uh, my mic off, I think. I think. Yeah, no, no, I, 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 I see the problem. Not my mic off. No, you're good, you're good. You know, I, <laughs> 
I had a grappling match. <laughs> hey, you want to I hear think this is a grappling See? match. Yeah. <laughs> Back to yeah. Brian. Whole combo, Back to like, the guy yeah. Brian I was telling you about. Yeah, the guy Brian. that Brian. I had a grappling yes, match. Brian. And Brian makes yeah. friends with this guy in the bar. And the yeah. guy ends up hanging out with us the entire night. And yeah. he tries to get us. And this is in 2000. Is this the usual suspects? Like, are you just making the whole thing up? <laughs> yes. It's all true. Yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. true. And it's, there were some palm trees. Yes. Yeah. And this guy tries to get us hooked up on something called Bitcoin. And it was $146. Wow. And we were like, oh, what can you do with Bitcoin? Yeah. You can't do that. And he's like, oh, there's this website. You can go to it. And there's certain coffee shops that are, we told him, we sat there and told him basically how, what a fool he was. What a fool you are. It was $146 mm. per Bitcoin. He was mm. online. He was showing us about it. Yes, yeah, 2011. So, wow. Per Bitcoin. Yeah. And what does he have now? Is he doing all right? Oh, that guy probably is. I don't, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, if he held on to those. That'd be hard, though. You know, there was a bunch of people that said they bought them for it 40 cents. You're exactly going to sell it 15. Right. Like, imagine you bought those guys for 100. Yeah. You're going to sell on the way up. Yeah, if you double up, you'd sell. It's 100x. You're like, yes. it's pretty good. Those yeah. guys were liars that said they bought it for 40 cents and sold it 20,000 in the height yeah. of November of 2017. Mm. Like, you, you did not. How do you you bought it for bank? 40 cents. Tell us how to rob a bank. Yeah, what did you do? This was called money laundering. Yeah, tell us how to launder money. Well, it was just. You need to get the money to launder it. Yes. So, how are you getting the money? I mean, I made a deal, and the, my deal was <laughs> I say I rob the bank, they let me go home. So you can't so if really anybody talk ever about, asks me, did yeah. you launder the money? Even though in truth I don't even know what laundering laundering means, I say I did. Mm. I have to say I did, uh-huh. and they let me go. They did their end of it. They mm. let it go. So you got to hold up the deal. I moved on with my life, got my hot-ass Brittany, kept all their money. <laughs> 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 I mean, really? How do you let a 26 year old go and take all your money? You just, you just let him go home. He just goes on and has a great life. He's on fighting for world championships. And yeah. Talk about the Bellator Grand Prix. I mean, I really feel like somebody must have been asleep over there, but that's the deal we made. Wow. So if you ask me if I laundered money, I tell you I did. Wow. Uh, chill. Evil mm. laughs are awesome. Son, it's all, it's all interesting. And the D.B. Cooper story was true, by the way. I mean, I, like, throw that in on the back of telling you a bunch of other wild and crazy stories. But, like, that, those are all of the interesting things of my whole life. But yeah. all of those things You know the D.B. Cooper story? No, who's D.B. Cooper? D.B. Oh, Cooper God. is the most famous hijacker of all time. He yeah. hijacked a plane that left Portland, headed for uh, Seattle. And he handcuffed himself to a flight attendant. Then he opened his briefcases before he had metal detectors and stuff to get on airplanes. And it was what he led her to believe was a bomb. So we had him set the plane down, bring $200,000 in cash and two parachutes. So they took the plane off, he took the money, put one of the parachutes on and jumped. Oh, and they never found him. Never found him. Never got found. Never and found you him. met him. Yeah, no, he's my sister's godfather, yeah. Yeah, just a regular guy. Not your godfather too? No, just hers. But your parents know him. But Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? He's dead now, he's dead now, but yeah, yeah, it was a big deal. It was a big deal at the time. Then, like, every 10 years, somebody comes out with a new story on DB Cooper. Netflix just came out mm-hmm. with one. They never have any new information. Chael just came out with one. Yeah. They never have any new information. It's the same information that you get a Can new drop producer some new information? That, that comes along. Well, there, there was a couple of things, which is the flight attendant uh, said that he was Hispanic. And she told that from day one. She, and the FBI was putting out composite drawings, and they always had her as a Caucasian. And she would tell anyone that would listen, which wasn't very many people. You know, there was no internet. There was no Facebook yeah. back when this happened. Yeah. She had a hard time getting an audience. But anybody that would listen, she said... I don't think he's Caucasian. I think he's Hispanic. And he was Indian. So, I mean, that she, she was very close on her ethnicity. Let's fucking yeah. go. So he had some of the dark features. You know, I think he had on like a fake mustache Cooper, or something. Cooper, pseudonym. Yeah. And so, 
Um, but but that was one of them. And then a big thing when they they never found him and they never found the money is they tried to say, well, he would have died. He jumped into this forest and between the wolves and the bears and the fall itself, he would have died. But what they didn't understand is, is and it relates back to his ethnicity of being Indian, is that was all government land. Tens of thousands of acres oh, Native of American Indian. that backed to Native land. So oh. he, he jumped into his own backyard. He jumped into where he camped every, so he knew exactly where he was. Mm. And the FBI spec, when they never found him, they tried to sell it on the world, he might not have even made it out. And I think he, I, I think he had a motorcycle. That part is, is me making that up because he used to race motorcycles. Um, I think he had a motorcycle down and drove right home. Have it was only a three hour drive. Did you speak to him since the? I spoke to him many times. Yeah, I wasn't even born until you know 27 years after this happened. He was my sister's godfather, yeah. And how was it disclosed to you that he was D.B. Cooper? Well, my aunt told me. My aunt told me that he was D.B. Cooper and my aunt asked him. They're from a really small hometown. I mean, maybe I jumped in a little late on the story. They're from a very small hometown. Like for example, there was 13 people that graduated in their class. They played five man football. It was a really small hometown. Most of them had never been on an airplane. A lot of them had never even seen an airplane. This guy was taking skydiving lessons. Like you, you had mentioned that to the group. This would be the hottest thing from this town. You were, you're jumping out of an airplane. What, he, and he didn't tell anyone. Mm. Saying these very private lessons. And so they found out, they found a photo and then they had to ask him and, and he finally copped that he was. And it was just, the whole thing was weird. It was like, why wouldn't you tell us that? And then the whole D.B. Cooper thing happens. They come up with a composite picture and it looks just like him. I mean, all the dots start connecting and my aunt said to him, are you D.B. Cooper? They were having dinner, Lee's Kitchen in Walton, Oregon. And he said, no. He said, no, but everything got weird. The whole table got really weird. It was my mom and dad, my aunt and uncle, he and his wife. So a couple of days later, he went over to my uncle's house and he said, hey, about what she asked me. And he said, she's not the only one that's put this together. The FBI's already been to my house. So he went into hiding, which just, he, all he did is went to Arizona. But it was a very different time back then, right? You could rob a bank and move two towns away back then and, and, and live the rest of your life. You put a bed, you know, little handkerchief, you'd never get caught. So he went to Arizona for about seven and a half years and he, he came back. He, he ended up passing away about four years ago. Did he live, was he like pretty rich? No, no, that was another thing is he, he had a minimum wage job. He was a night watchman is what he did. But then he, he came into, they were into shotguns. He came into these over-under shotguns that were expensive and some four-wheelers and a motorhome. There just started being these toys all of a sudden that popped up. And, and my parents had known him was like, hey, wait, where, where's this coming from? And um, he told them that he got Indian money. He said, because I'm native every year, I get money, which is true. He had enough native blood that he was getting, but it, then that came out too, and that was $1,200 a year. Mm. So and so it just didn't cover the spread, and they're like, D.B. Cooper. And the FBI visited yeah. him, but never could pin him. They went and knocked on his door. Yeah, yeah, they searched the house the whole bit. They never pinned it on him. Nope. Wow. No. Nope. Where is um, Jimmy Hoffa buried? Isn't that an interesting one? <laughs> what do you think about that? Do you follow the Hoffa thing? Um, no, but I'm assuming you are family. Oh, family. yeah, you were involved no. with it. Yeah. No, I don't know, but I, I watched that. What was it called? The Irishman? Is that what it was called? Yeah, with yeah, De Niro? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I thought it was, I thought the Hoffa story was a, a good one. Yeah. I read a book years ago where a guy said he, they aced him out and then buried him under the Meadowlands, under the 20 yard sure. of the old giant stadium. Oh, yep. wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the it whole It could be. Yeah. I mean, they, they'll tell you people aren't above the law. Oh, yes, they are. There's a lot of people above the law, right. for sure. I mean, but Jimmy Hoffa was one of them, or whoever took down Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people. I mean, with the, you got this Giselle, whatever her name is, and, you know, the Epstein Island and that whole thing, and they're not yeah. looking at the list, and there's people that are above the law. Oh, Ghislaine like, she Maxwell. Would be a, there you go. But that would be a great example. Like, whatever she knows and whoever she knows, you know, mm. Were there well people, above the law. People in your town that you grew up with or anyone in your family that was connected to, like, organized crime back in the day? No. 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 Was your dad pissed when he found out that you were robbing the banks? No, 
no, he, you know, he told me don't ever rob anything small. You know, it's the same crime. It's going to be the same punishment. If it's, That's right. If it's Over little, five thousand bucks or whatever, punishment. it's the same yeah. punishment. Yeah, but uh, he'd passed away. He didn't know. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so that was before. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Would you have done it when he was alive? No. A lot of admiration for your pops, huh? Yeah. Oof. But yeah, I, I, I was in his spot. It was his mom. It was my grandma. It was his. Mom. I had to do it because he wasn't here to do it. Yeah. If the banks would have taken from her, what they he would have done the same shit. Well, he'd have done something. Yeah. But he wasn't here, so I did it. What about a movie, Chael? <laughs> what kind of, what are you thinking? <laughs> I don't know. You got an interesting story. Uh, you know. I don't know. Well, maybe someday, huh? <laughs> maybe someday. I thought they made it. It was called Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, yeah you got a lot it's of a great good, one. It is a good movie. Yeah. It's a great one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah they stole a lot of your life. Yes. Yeah. Just, it's pretty good. He tells you I was going to tell yeah. the story, and then he tells you the story. Yeah. It still works. It's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know it catch me if you can. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I could tell uh, tell the story, but yeah. Please do. Wait, wait. What do you mean? Well, I can't tell. All right, let me be a real scumbag. Let me, let me, let me, let me be a jerk yeah. and I go. But I can't tell. You. Bad guy. A president of the United States in their absolute inner circle had a phony, and I knew the phony, and I knew the phony because the phony had come after me, and it got all the way to the chief legal officer of the Ultimate Fighting Championship that had to put a notice at every venue that we went to to ban this person who was stalking me, and that person was on the inner circle of a president of the United States. So I have to reach to the president, of which I don't know, to let them know that this human being is not who they're claiming they are, and they're getting ready to set you up, not to mention you're going to look like a fool when Ooh. it comes out that this person is not named, does not have the title, and did not go to the school that you're running them around Hannity and Combs and telling them that they are, and I did. I got it to the president who removed this person, and, and then on who did, Christmas who did Day, Trump remove? Who did? her, she was going under the name and she was a Harvard graduate, law school. How was she stalking you? And she was a continual guest on Hannity and O'Reilly. It was O'Reilly at the time. Mm -hmm. That was not her name. She was, did not have a law degree. She did not go to Harvard. And so I'm, I gotta notify, the, you got her in your inner, so on your jumbo jet, which only has six people, and you got her. That's not her name. She's, and it, yeah, it was a whole thing. How was she stalking you? Then she comes in on Christmas Day. They make you know what? You should probably just do the investigation from there. I think I feel no, like no, 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 no. on Christmas Day it comes out that she so had been impregnated. But they dropped this on Christmas Day, so it's Christmas morning when yeah, this yeah. comes out. But she had been impregnated by the who was going to be the speaker. Who, who had already been given the job to be Speaker of this Christmas Day, and you know, this doesn't kick in until it was like January 19th or 20th. Speaker of the House. No, Speaker, like a press secretary. That's okay. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. 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 It, no, it was a mess, man. It, the whole thing was a mess. Did you yeah. have a brother named George Santos? <laughs> mm, that's an interesting one. What do you think they should do with him? I don't know, really. Nothing. Why? What's the difference on what he did? And what you're doing right now? Yeah. <laughs> you mean for telling stories? Do you know who George Santos is? Uh, yeah. I but do. this is the guy in New York that yeah. like lied his way yes. and, and yeah. got elected. You're yeah. lying your way to the best podcast you've ever had. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not trying to. I'm trying to tell. I'm trying to tell interesting stories, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I don't Yo, understand. Tell you're the shit, right? <laughs> I want him to be interesting, yeah, but yeah, I'm not yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. lie They're about interesting. Him. Yeah, yeah. They're I interesting. wasn't trying to lie about him, but yeah. Santos, and he even <laughs> made that claim. <laughs> so but Santos made that claim. Santos comes out and he said, uh, 
What does Santos say? He said, uh, what's the difference? Yeah, he says, what's the difference in me lying? Joe Biden has lied to you many times. No, and it, was, I, it, it stuck everybody. Everybody kind of goes, I, su- I subscribe oh. to this. And I, what I think is kind of interesting, though, is it shows like a shift in politics. Instead of lying about what he's going to do for people, he's lying about who he is. What sure. he did. And what he did, which shows what people value now in terms of voting. Sure. They want to vote for the guy who was a, a trans, lesbian, gay guy who uh, cured a dog with leukemia instead of the guy who's going to get you that job that you always wanted sure. or fix your local economy. It's lies I can tolerate. Yeah, it's sure. interesting. It's an interesting lie as opposed to one that gives me hope and takes Well, he away. also did both, right? Yeah, he did do both. Like well, they're still coming out. Saying what he's yeah. going to do. Presumably, still coming out. I don't know. Yeah. I hope but, he runs again, though. Why? And I hope, well, because I, I want him to run again, but I want him to run on this. I want him to say that. Yeah, I fooled you all once. I'm going to fool you. How are you guys not paying better attention? You pay such little attention. I'm the only one in our district that pays attention. I'm even willing to go and do the job, and you're going to pay me to do it. But you're not paying attention anyway, which is why you liked me in the first place. If I could I fool mean, what you. what is wrong with them in New York yeah. that they would do? Honest to God, in, in my hometown, you could not win. If you weren't the soccer we coach. We don't care about politics. Yeah, if you, if you weren't the principal at the local school, if you weren't a police, I mean, our community's going to know you. Yeah, yeah. Our community has to know you. You have no chance in an election. This it's guy comes out. It's too big of a city. Yeah. yeah it was a mess. York, York. Oh, I'm in New York. We're in New York. Yeah. That's why you're bringing up San. Oh, yeah. this is you guys. You yeah. guys yeah. sent this guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got where I was. Now yeah. I get the point. I don't really vote. I feel like that's pretty cucky. Sure. But, yeah. I think New York, you just don't know anyone. Cucky? So you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Voting, it's just. Cucky. Are you feeling with the term cucky? Are you trying to say cocky? No, no, no. no, no. no it's like it's like what a cuck would do. Do you know the what a guy cuck? that likes to see like his wife with someone yeah, else? Yeah, yeah. That guy's probably filling out a ballot as his wife is getting fucked. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> how do you how do you get to the? <laughs> Why is a voter a cuck? <laughs> it just seems like the thing a cuck would do. Like while your wife is getting fucked, you're reading about like the policies of huh. the politician in yeah. your area. Different what? note, do you vote in every election? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I've never missed. Nice. <laughs> you know, since I became eligible. <laughs> I don't understand, I'm not trying to do a bit over here. Uh, it was, I am. My first time was- uh, And I'm sorry. Bob Dole. Oh, Wait, you voted for Bob Dole? Bob Dole yeah. came, oh, oh, you voted for Bob Dole. <laughs> my first time oh, I could vote. I, well, no, I had to drive home, <laughs> I was off to college, I, you know, but I was gonna do my, my Democratic responsibility. <laughs> I had to drive all the way up to a voting place to vote for for a guy that I would not vote for right now. But yeah, Bob Dole. Bob Dole was running against Bill Clinton. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, with the arm. With the, yeah, the pen. The pen, the infamous pen. What a funny strategy that was. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we gotta make it seem like you're doing something with your paralyzed arm, so stick a pen in it the wrong way down. (laughs) Yeah. Wrong way up, picking it right like that. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah. Bob. Wow. Do you have any fun stories about uh, Elvis Presley or? No, Elvis died the year that I was born. That was my mother's favorite, though. Elvis mm. Presley, yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've had comparisons to Elvis Presley, <laughs> only because, you know, he used to go on stage and he would, like, jiggle his hips, but that was really profane. That was yeah. really dirty. Yeah. And it reminds me of that commissioner I was telling you about that wouldn't license me because I was too dirty. Mm. Kids kids are trying to follow him. It's like, mm. man, I didn't even use a four-letter word. Yeah. Yeah. What about, like, uh, JFK? How do you think he died? I went there. I went to Dallas. So it's the only thing we have. It's really sad. It's, I'll tell you I'm an interesting from story. Oh well, then you know. <laughs> yeah. they, they have a 
Yeah. Right there on the, it's the still whole there. Thing. The grassy knoll is still there. Yeah, so they've there. frozen it. Do you yeah. know this? No. Yeah, you can go do a tour. There's if you went there right now. Where he got shot. It's on still the street. an active street. That's right. There's cars still, just going yeah. down it. Well, but, but there's, a, over the X. there's a guy there that's dressed like they dressed back in, and he's selling the newspaper from that day. Mm. So he's selling newspaper. They tried to freeze that scene for, for all tourists that go there. But apparently yeah. you can't go to the book depository anymore. That's yeah, but you can see it. Right. But you used to be able to go up to it and look out the window. And see if you can make a shot. And then they stopped it after a while. After more and more people were like, you can't make. Yeah, shot. that's right. You can, you can turn Apparently. and look, and I think it was on the eighth floor. You yeah. can turn and look, and yeah, it just it just doesn't work. And then where the car is coming, and you know, there was a number of things that the Secret Service did that the Secret Service can't do. Like they brought the car to a complete stop for one. Right. The, I think the car can never go under 15 miles an hour, but whatever it is, and that includes taking turns. There's actual rules, and if you have any any, any even scent of of danger, you get the president out of there. And you know the Secret Service driver stopped when he was shot. Then he yeah. came to a complete stop, made sure his head was blown off, and then went away, which could have just been reaction. Like no, nobody actually yeah. knows. Might be traumatized. But I'll just share with you: if you go back right there today, they relive that day every day. Mm. You can see the, the the prison where he was at, where he what, where the shot was taking place, and and you will come to a conclusion very quick. You don't know who shot JFK, but it wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald. Ooh. Do you agree? I don't know much. One guy that I respect is very big on the fact that it was Lee Harvey Oswald. And then if you, he'll like bring conspiracy theorists on and argue with them. And then typically they run out of reasons. Now sure. he could just be better at arguing. Sure. I don't know. But. Oh, those are fun. I, 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 I love those kinds of debates. And yeah, who, who would know if he shot him? Even what I said about the Secret Service, like, well, I can show he stopped the car and he wasn't supposed to stop the car. But does that mean he stopped because he was part of it? Why? Maybe he just did his job right. wrong. Right. Yeah. I mean, we do that all the time. Yeah. I wasn't supposed to stop the car, but I did. So what? Mm, so maybe CIA, maybe? Yeah. Okay, listen, before we get out of here, uh, the pyramids. Who, who do you think built the pyramids? Yeah. I'm into that. Rogan's into that right now. Love. Oh, yeah. love who that. do you think built those? I mean, if you were to... What would you say? Because Rogan just had a guy on. Rogan's a big driving force of the pyramids in, the, yes. in this last 12 months, and he just had a guy on that yes. shed some real light on it. And yes. I listened to it like three times, and I didn't understand what the guy was saying. Yes. <laughs> I didn't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what, who do you think did it? Ancient civilization. You do think so. Okay. That then got wiped from the world. Okay. I, I'm actually not subscribing necessarily to the ancient civilization theory. It could be the same one as us, but... They did have access to technology that no longer exists. Okay. So it could be the same people, but there was some cool shit that they had. Okay. That for whatever reason, maybe it's the flood, maybe it's war, maybe it's just famine, who knows what happens. But over a few thousand years, some shit goes away. And then it wasn't redeveloped. Mm-hmm. But uh, definitely some sort of ancient technology. We need to we get these guys to, on. We need to talk to them. 100%. That has mm-hmm. to happen. Yeah. I'm fascinated by this. He told I me about it. I am too. And yeah, I'm yeah. fascinated. Yeah. Any good Rogan stories from back in the day? No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, Rogan was an interesting one. Just, just, I mean, he appreciated your stuff, right? Yeah. He got it immediately. No, but he works super hard. I mean, oh, he yeah, really did. Man. He was doing the UFC for free. Yeah, you know, they they couldn't pay. Dana even told him that. And he was coming along, and Rogan helped a lot. Like the Man Show was a big deal. He'd wear sweatshirts on, but that was a huge deal. That was yeah. all the media you could possibly get was Joe Rogan wearing a sweatshirt that said UFC on it. Yeah, yeah, he earned that. And then when he would even come to town to do those shows, you know, that was a whole week into the production. People don't understand that. And he, he would do a live show on two different nights. I mean, yeah. th- that dude went on, on three and four hours sleep for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, uh, I mean, obviously we're huge fans here. You know, I love Joe, but it's really interesting, his batting average. In the things that he's been passionate about, he hasn't missed. Sure. So it's like stand-up comedy, podcasting, UFC. Yeah. 
even like interest in jujitsu. Now this is like I have like my friends' kids are doing jujitsu as children. Nobody ever did jujitsu as a kid. You know, he did fucking karate or something like that. Like if you wanted to do martial art. So he's opening this this comedy club in Austin, and it's he just sent me like some videos. I think it opens like next week. I'm pretty yeah, sure maybe next yeah. week or like March or something like that. And it, my initial thought of like, you know, making Austin like a comedy hub, I was like, they just don't have the population density. Like you need a fucking city like New York to fill up comedy clubs. And then comedy's become like their sport. Wow. It's just, they don't have a professional sport. They don't sport. have protein. They comedy got UT, that's fucking it. Sure. sport. And I mean, it's just crazy. He's going to do it again. Like it's just, if he wants to do something, it becomes the biggest thing. Isn't Netflix to thank though? I mean, didn't Netflix single-handedly save comedy? I felt like it did. Without being in the business, just as an observer of the business, there, there was nobody to aspire to or to be rich or to be fair to, until Netflix That's came along and started. You yeah, think the HBO specials, out. sorry to interrupt, oh, the HBO on. specials did, to your point, seem like it had lost its luster. I remember watching mm. as an up-and-coming comedian being like, these don't feel the same as they used to when sure. I was a fan. I, yeah, I agree with you on that. Like, and in that when these Netflix specials came out, they were just so accessible and, and they absolutely blew people the fuck Ali up. Ali Wong, I remember Ali her entire life changed when the Netflix special dropped. Segura, too, had like an iconic one. There's like yeah. a bunch of guys that had these. I mean, Joe, right? Yeah. Like, there's just a bunch of dudes sure. that just had just breakthrough. At Netflix specials, sure. yeah. It yeah. seemed it seemed like a risk though that Netflix was willing to like. Can you make money in comedy? Nobody ever has. Nobody's yeah. ever tried to. I felt like Netflix went really. I mean, there's a lot of people that are running Netflix that should be in federal prisons right now. But yeah. that's one thing that they did take a risk and did very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems seems. I was just wondering if you guys felt that way. Yeah, yeah. we. I think we kind of feel like it doesn't mean as much as it used to. But early on, it really changed. And maybe now, if you knock it out of the park, it still changes. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, as firsthand, but yeah, when we we saw what happened with Ali Wong back then, Bill Burr, same. Oh yeah, Burr had like, some fuck, iconic yeah. fucking. Yeah, this changes things. Yeah. Anyway, listen, Chael, you know, we know you have to catch a flight and uh, we're, we're very, very grateful guy. for your time. If I can just compliment you before yeah. we leave, as I'm, we're surrounded our whole lives with entertainers, people who need to be uh, admired at all times. We have this void and it is really impressive to see somebody who can build a career off of saying, I don't need you to like me. And I think it takes a lot of self-belief and confidence that I really admire. That was beautiful. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you guys. Right, right, what do we do now? What do we do now? We just say goodbye? That's it? We say goodbye. Don't compliment yeah. anymore until you just crumble. No, you guys are great. I had a lot of fun. I'm headed home. I'm, I'm catching a plane. I'm going home as long as the, the, the weather keeps up. To that high. And I appreciate Oh, yeah. that's a fine Brittany, woman right man. there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unless he parachutes out of the thing. We never see him again. <laughs> Was that your Maybe. first? Did you lose your virginity to your wife? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Heavens, yes. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Same as two other guys on the pod that did oh, that. But he doesn't, oh, really? he doesn't, he doesn't yeah. dap me up when I say it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, he makes yeah. fun of me. Calls Were me a virgin. Tell people that? Uh, not really. All right. This is the first time I've ever been. I really don't want to go any further with it because I am embarrassed, but really? it's good for you. No. When I told him, he said, I'm so happy you're not gay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was really cool. Because he saw the whole yeah, thing happen. Yeah, yeah, he knew me before. Yeah. And then when I finally told him, I finally had sex, he was like, thank God you're not gay. Oh, respect. I'm so happy. I would have loved him if he was gay, too. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I would, too. Yeah, not yeah. that hey, there's... thanks. Yeah, for sure, though. <laughs> yeah, but I think fidelity monogamy is something that can be uh, aspirational for a lot of people. I think it's cool to have people that are doing it.
And uh, so I don't think there's anything to be embarrassed about. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree. I mean, it's just, it's just an embarrassing topic. No, it, it, it was a thing, though. I was in a fight gym. It, it, it came up a lot in the gym. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It came up Look a lot. Look at the stress he's Well, the guys, <laughs> would bring it up, you know, the guys would bring it up. But it's one of these things where, but yes, yeah. yes. What do you mean the guys would bring it up? The guys would bring it up. I was I was known for that. It was, it was, it was a known. That you were saving yourself. Yes, yes, it was a known thing. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't have a whole lot of things to be like super, pre but that, that was one of the things and then I never tasted alcohol. Like this, this was another thing. So I've I was kind of a, uh, So I was kind of a unique guy. Wow. In that space. I was kind of a, a unique guy. And then meanwhile, I was taking steroids and robbing banks. So I mean, That's I really had- That makes no sense. Yeah, and I, I, I really had some people guessing. But those I things those things are justice. I'm the same bro. sexually sure. and I would rob banks and Why would you not steroids? rob the bank? Why would Absolutely. you not rob the bank? It's yeah. where the money's at. He has a coat. Why did I yeah. rob so the bank? Like, because they had the money. They had idiot. the money. Yeah. Why'd you take the pads? Because it was gonna enhance me, you fool. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> so, you don't come up with these questions. Yeah. yeah. Right? Oh, I'm not curious in terms of like uh, why you do, would do those things. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. But you just knew when you saw Britney. Oh yeah. Because that's what's yeah. interesting to me. It's not like. Me or Alex sees a beautiful woman, and you're like, "Oh my God, I need to go talk to that woman." You're going, "Oh my God, I need to go marry that woman." Oh yeah, off a look. Oh yeah, what a compliment yes. to your wife. Yes, does she realize the compliment that you bestowed upon her? Yeah, no, no, no. no. She figured I was a typical dirtbag because see, when, when, when I like met it. her, like I'm yeah. getting her to, you know, like I'm inviting her to stay the night really early in our relationship. But what she doesn't know is I can't go to her house because I'm on probation yes. and I can't oh. leave the state. Yeah. But it turns out I've been robbing banks. I got a nice little nest egg and I got a pretty nice house over here that mm. I bought with the government's money. Like the whole thing's gonna come <laughs> together. Yeah. If you just, just give me a little bit of time, <laughs> I can explain this. Yes. But it's gonna be more than a first date. Were you wearing your glasses day. at the time? No, no, I didn't no, even those need are readers. At the time. He got okay. those old later in life. Ah, uh, okay. That's true. Yeah. It's a true story. These are pretty big prescription, I thought. Yeah, 3.0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is terrifying because uh, they only go to like five. Yeah. So you only got a little room left. Well, yeah. and, and I've gone up one uh, each year. Yeah, I only started on these uh, at 40. I'm 45, so I've gone up five times, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's terrifying. So you, can, you can't see any of us right now. I can see you all, but yeah, it's hard. Yeah, yeah it's hard. With the, <laughs> most people, think whenever I say I have a heart attack, they how many fingers are on? Yeah, yeah. We've got a whole black guy here. I don't yeah, know do you know he was black that. the whole time? <laughs> He's got badass glasses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, not me, him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, he gave me a hug, which was very cool. Yeah, There's not enough man. huggers out there these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hugger. Hugger. For you to take a double G E R and make it a compliment, that's rare. He's not used to it. Listen, uh, Chael, listen. You've been trying to get rid of me. You've been trying to end this. Would yeah. you just wrap it? I'm ready to go. <laughs> hey, 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 we got the Bellator. We got the Grand Prix we coming up. Okay, it's Grand on Prix. March 10th. It's a million Showtime's dollars. hosting. Coker's giving out a million dollars. Yeah. The DeMarco Meta versus Benson yeah. Henderson. What else yeah. can we do here, guys? Yeah. Nothing. You gotta this go. is just amazing. You got to go. You know what yeah. Come Steams Island. So, what are, what are your thoughts yeah. on? Did you enjoy your time there? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a gotcha. I'm just genuinely curious. I would have I, I gone. Not to, be, not to be a scum, but no, no, no. We, so, we end it right there. Yeah. <laughs> that, that did not. That did not. <laughs> this is Play with Chell Thank you guys so much. Go check out everything Chell does. Peace. <laughs>